Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Attention, attention. The show begins in 10, 9, 8... Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is an honorable mention with Jeff Schwartz and Shane Hagedorn. Part of the Creative Control Network of Podcasts. For Tuesday, and welcome to another chapter of an honorable mention, the essential Ring of Honor retrospective podcast covering the most successful independent wrestling promotion of this generation. I am your host, Jeff Schwartz, and alongside is my co-host, our expert analyst, Ring of Honor alumni, head of logistics, Shane Haggard. <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> well, I wanted to do that last week, and I totally forgot, but the the permanent format now says head of logistics. Uh, thank you, office boy. Well, that, that's, uh, we, we've got quite the show in store today. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. I'm uh, very excited to, uh, to have a... Uh, I, I guess he's not the first guest that we've had on, but this is the first uh, big-time, top-of-the-card guest that we've had. Fixture in Ring of Honor for many, many years before uh, one abrupt departure, and then another abrupt departure, and then another departure. You could arguably say the Marty Jannetty of Ring of Honor. Yes, and that's something we're going to ask this special guest about uh, as he joins us here shortly but before we get into that we do want to talk about our social media where you'll be able to discuss this intro or this episode uh, of an honorable mention Uh, on twitter you can find us at an honorable pod that's also our instagram you can find me on twitter and instagram at the jeff schwartz if you search my name um, you'll be able to find me on facebook as well partner where can we find you 
at Hagedorn Shane on the Twitter and the Instagram. Shane Hagedorn on Facebook. Shane Hagedorn on YouTube for the occasional promos here and there. Generally for the Pro Wrestling Explosion shows that I do, which we do have one coming up in October. But um, fuck me if I can remember the date off the top of my head right now. And I did not write it down. wasn't planning on making that plug. Just kind of rolled into there. And uh, we also have our own YouTube page. Just uh, search an honorable mention, an honorable pod, and uh, can check out um, the the non-ROH matches of the week I try to select every Monday and uh, promos and Jeff doing some editing on on, uh, slideshow versions of these things that you're listening to now and in our archives. That's right. Uh, and you can also uh, check out some of that stuff on twitch.tv backslash an honorable pod. Uh, still working on the technology to get it together to where we can turn this into a video show every week. Uh, once that happens, uh, that might be made uh, to be a part of the Patreon uh, situation that is developing with uh, the team over at an honorable mention. Facebook.com backslash an honorable pod is the facebook page uh for all the latest and greatest you can check that out Uh, we are of course brought to you by the creative control network so be sure to follow the head of the creative control network its head joe feeney is on twitter at j double f ha ha double e n e y three r d and at the cc network one uh all the latest news and notes from the creative control network uh, can be found on Twitter at those two usernames. Be sure to follow our scientist of sound, our astronaut of audio, our purveyor of production, Mr. Zach Johnson on Twitter, at Radio ZT, as he delivers us the intro you just heard, as well as the outro every week, and makes us sound cooler than the other side of the pillow. I also wanted to add Bassmaster General to his, his title. All right, Base Master General it is. I'm putting that in here now in the format. So Zach Johnson is going to have a list of nicknames. So Zach uh, has been a part of this, uh, you know, here show for quite some time. He's now got four new nicknames that he can intro himself with for his own radio show. If you live in eastern Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, or Maryland, listen up. Five Star Home Foods is revolutionizing the way families are getting their groceries. By cutting out the middleman and delivering all natural foods directly to your home, Five Star helps you save time and eat cleaner every day. For a limited time, the Creative Control Network and an honorable mention are hooking you up with $100 off of your first order. Just head to 5starhomefoods.com slash ccnetwork. That's 5starhomefoods.com slash ccnetwork to redeem this exclusive offer and see why hundreds of families have kissed the grocery store goodbye and good night by getting higher quality food delivered directly to their homes from Five Star. Five Star Home Foods. Everyone should eat this good. Well, let's dive into it. I know it's worthy of an honorable mention. We are thrilled to welcome the crown jewel, Ring of Honor alumni, Jimmy Rave, onto the show. Jimmy, welcome. Thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate yeah. it so much. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for uh, joining us on this uh, this this journey. I don't know. <laughs> Jeff always calls me the captain of the ship, so it's uh, a, the honorable time machine. Well, Shane, you are the head of logistics on this show, so <laughs> well, I'm ready for the ride, boys. 
Well, it, it's going to be a, a, a wild one. Um, we're going to go all the way back to Night of the Butcher. You had a dark match with uh, AJ Styles. Talk a little bit about how that came to be, how you got the opportunity, and what it was like to work with AJ on a different stage. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> I started wrestling in uh, October of 1999, uh, and I eventually made myself uh, my, my way uh, to Wildside. NWA Wildside. Uh, luckily, Wildside was a company that was featured uh, in like 20, 200 different markets across the country. And so Philadelphia was one of those markets. So that was pr- pretty helpful in, in the sense. But um, uh, I'm so old that when you wanted to get booked, uh, you actually had to send out a package of a VHS tape an 8 by 10 and a resin like that's how old I am right now so uh like I didn't have the the whole YouTube sending email thing but so I uh in 2002 I had won the NWA World Junior Heavyweight title and at that point I sent out probably 50 of these packages and um one of them was to Ring of Honor uh and I ended up getting no calls back. I got one call back, and that was to do the Ted Petty in 2002 for Ian Rotten. Um, but that that match alone sparked a whole chain of events uh, that happened. Uh, at, right after that, Ted Petty, uh, at the time, Smart Mark Video was recording Ian Rotten's things. And so... Uh, I got to be friends with, or I got to know Mike Burns, who owns Smart Mark Video. And so, ironically, at the same time, Mike Burns was also booking CZW. So, that led me into uh, being featured on CZW. We did a Wild Side Invasion. I was the only one that got to stick around, right? And so, at the time... I, I was wrestling for Wild Side, so I was on their television. Then I got to CZW's television, and that was featured in Philadelphia also. And then uh, I was also doing uh, TNA stuff here and there, like explosions. I would, I'd be featured on a few of the weekly pay-per-views. So those things kind of helped. But that night, actually, Night of the Butcher is December 8th, right? Seven, so yeah, yeah. Seven. Okay, so my birthday is December eighth, and uh, I was uh, engaged at the time to my ex-wife, and uh, she was furious because I was really good friends with a guy named Jeremy Lopez who was on the show, and uh, good old Jerlo uh, asked me if I wanted to ride ride up with him, right? Um, I was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. You know, at least I can go. Uh, back then, like when we would want to uh, get onto a show, oftentimes, you know, like, like I said, because there wasn't that uh, instant communication that we have now, I would literally go to a show and uh, stick out my hand and shake uh, the promoter's hand and say, "Hi, I'm Jimmy Rave. I sent you a package." You know. Um, I'm here if you need anything, right? But, like, for, to drive 15 hours to do that was kind of 
crazy. <laughs> I also did not know that Jerlo was driving a uh, like an Avalanche, which is like an eight cylinder SUV that took like one million dollars in gas. <laughs> so, so, uh, so yeah, so we uh, we drove up that night um, and got there. Uh, you know. Uh, I had only wrestled AJ in multi-person type situations at Wildside. Um, he was originally supposed to be my first match at Wildside, my first match ever. And then something happened. I ended up wrestling somebody else. But uh, AJ and I had only done, we had done like a four-way ladder match that was really um, well-regarded for the Wildside fans. And then we had done... Uh, a couple other things, but never one on one. But uh, we, you know, we often traveled together at that time, also, you know. Um, and we had been tagging together in Florida for a company called IPW. And so at the time, Ring of Honor was uh, filming um, for their television show. They had like a, you know, a real short uh, kind of like a recap and like, you know, a highlight show. Right? High Impact TV. Yeah, High Impact TV. And so when I got there, uh, you know, like I, I was, I introduced myself to Rob Feinstein. Uh, so you know, introduced myself to Gabe, and then, um, and then they came back to me and then asked me if I would do the match with AJ. Of course, I said yes, and uh, you know, I did it not expecting to get paid. Also, and they ended up paying, me, which I thought was really cool. So was the match not even booked like in advance? It was just kind of an no. on-spot thing. Yeah, it was on the spot. Huh? I wonder. It's just kind of funny because you think, you know, even though I know you and AJ are kind of, uh, as far as experience-wise, came in at the same time, like AJ had that higher profile. So to mm-hmm. think that they they booked AJ without a match. Yeah, I'm sh- I'm sure he. Uh, I'm sure it was like AJ goes over on X. You know. What I mean? Yeah. But uh, luckily, I was ex that and AJ took care of me, dude. Like uh, I, I, I recently saw the match on YouTube somewhere, and uh, you know he let me do the spinning head scissor to the cross face, and like highlighted me uh, fairly well for a four minute match, you know. Yeah, it's it's amazing the kind of uh, that, that was a nice, uh, Xavier beat AJ Styles. Uh, in defense of his ROH title, so you know we're, we're we're looking at roughly a December time frame here, and you didn't make your main show debut until Do or Die, which was in May of 2003, so roughly five to six months later. Right. And they had enough confidence in you to put you in the ring with three three guys, two stalwarts in Ring of Honor, but obviously Frankie Kazarian is a big name. Um, Christopher Daniels obviously was a centerpiece, and CM Punk is definitely a centerpiece for the company. What did you think of debuting in on the main roster at that point, and about the confidence the promotion had in you to put you with those three guys? Yeah, um, for me, it was definitely a position where I felt like I could shine. So at that point in my career, I'd only hadn't been wrestling, you know, but like three or four years at the time. Uh, 
the thing about it was I was positioned as a baby face, right? And uh, I, I, I want to say that Punk was a lot to do with me being in that match. Uh, Punk, like, Punk and I went... Uh, I, I just did a seminar yesterday, and I talked about how, like, if you have genuine relationships with people, uh, it can be helpful for your career right so punk and i were uh when i went up and did the ted petty in 2002 uh we just clicked right away myself punk and cabana just clicked right away because uh they appreciated the grind that aj and i were trying to do right we're driving everywhere because they were doing the same thing you know, and so uh, I, I'm pretty sure that Punk had a lot to do with me being inserted into that match. But like for me, it was uh, I knew the importance of being able to uh, showcase myself in the best way. Right. Luckily, um, Christopher Daniels took a liking to me. Also, he's very good at structuring those kind of matches. And uh, he, I felt like it highlighted me really well because uh, when you see the uh, video release, there's is actually uh, clipped up really a lot. There was like another five minutes. They took a long heat on me, and then uh, they took it out of the video. But they took a long heat on me, mm-hmm. and so for me to make a comeback on all all three of these dudes, I thought was a huge thing. And then afterwards, Punk or you know, Punk and Daniels were having their their issues, and Daniels, uh, you know, cut a promo and put me over, and like that was really helpful too. I think. So just after when you get done with a match and you go back and watch it, and you're like, they cut five minutes of our shit out. Like, what do you think? Um. <laughs> yeah, that didn't bother me too much because, like no. I said, it was it was literally just heat. You know what I'm okay. saying? So mm-hmm. like. It wasn't. Uh, I I could see why they would do that, right? Like if it just kind of dragging in the middle, and it's just me, you know, getting my butt kicked for a while. Like I can understand like why they would do that. But um, you know, like the 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 main thing uh, for it was like my comeback. You know what I mean? And I felt like they left enough in there to. To get the story across, okay. Me, yeah, that's what I was know, having to fight back from everybody. Okay, yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. Like, did you feel that you know watching it back if it affected that at all? But yeah, that's yeah. You know. Just as an aside to uh, this kind of time period, were you still using the original Ecstasy moniker to come out to the yeah. ring? They were announcing you as that. Yeah, I believe so. It, and you know it was always uh, awkward because Special K was around. You know what I mean? Right. Like and so, uh, you know, like oftentimes they there was always the conversation about like why am I not in that group? Uh, but um, I definitely because my wrestling style was much different. You know what I mean? Yes, you didn't do the, you didn't do as many flips. Yes. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What took so long, though? Like, uh, from December to, to May, was it just finding time and finding a spot for you, or were you not available, or...? Um, I have... no. Well, I was I was still touring with the NWA World Junior title, 
okay. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Uh, and at the time, I was pretty. I know I was booked with CZW often. Um, I don't. Like, I I think it. I I really think that it was a good show to debut me at. You know, because mm-hmm. they also had Jason Cross. Mamluk and Slim J all on the show also and so they were all wild side guys um, it was funny it was uh, when we were flying there it was Jason Cross and Slim J's first time ever flying and like <laughs> they both freaked out on the plane like grabbing my leg and like rocking them back and forth and stuff it was weird but uh but yeah like oh and Iceberg was on the show too Oh, wow. And yeah. he was a, he's a wild side guy, and he's somebody that I trained. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right, mm. and so, uh, so there was a good contingency of us up there. Um... So Iceberg had a deal where uh, he had a friend that worked for Delta and got a buddy pass, right? And so because of his buddy pass, he got like $30 flights. Oh, nice. But then, um, you know, I, I guess his deal with Gabe, and this is why he didn't last that long, I guess his deal with Gabe was that uh, he would get reimbursed for the flights at a normal rate, right? Uh, and like once they found out that oh he was getting man. these thirty dollar ones, like that went out. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> you can only work. You can only work for the promoter for so long before you right. caught. Yep. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, after that, we would uh, we would see you adventure into the Field of Honor tournament? Question mark. No. Uh, because if. And I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a, a vignette, a couple of them actually, on the Wrath of the Racket DVD from August of 03, where Cabana is walking around asking everybody what the Field of Honor is. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And um, <laughs> there's one one key vignette that when we covered Wrath of the Racket, we had to leave off just because of what we'll ask you next. Um, but... You had a losing streak storyline in the Field of Honor, and it was actually one of the only angles that was involved with it, other than having seemingly no end to the Field mm-hmm. of Honor. What was what was it like just to be kind of beaten down the entire tournament? Um, I I knew going into it, like Gabe had. Uh, that was the one thing that Gabe and I always had was good communication. Like he, I always kind of knew what I was going to do, um, and so he just he told me right off, you know. And uh, you know, at the time, I was, uh, I was just like, okay, whatever, you know what I mean? Like I'll I'll lose whoever you need me to, you know, as long as I'm on the shows. But uh, 
I didn't know that that losing thing was going to last for another year. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, I mean, but like the the good thing for me is like uh, I had uh, I thought BJ Whitmer and I had a good match for what it was at at our at that point in our careers, you know, uh, you know, and like um, I'm I'm still a huge fan of Dan Moff. I think he has such a believable uh, presence about him you know what I mean um, so, so I like really enjoyed our stuff too and so and I think maybe Matt Stryker was in my uh, bracket also like it just I I enjoyed the people that I was paired up with. oh Cabana was the other one right yeah and yep. uh, the funny story about Cabana and I is if you watch the match he's wearing like a red undershirt when he had his yeah he yeah, had some kind of infection on his skin right and like I think he had poison ivy yeah it was something and uh he just kept apologizing about it and I was like as long as I don't die after this I'm fine you know well, the part of I always found interesting about it, watching it, you know, at the, the, the time is just a, just from the fan perspective was um them trying to, it felt like Gabe was trying to build this, like, on-screen mentorship thing with you and AJ. Right. And it's just, you know, I didn't realize and you know, at the time that you guys were, uh, you know, as we said, basically came up at the exact same time together, you know, and so now that I know that, it's, it looks, I look back on it kind of differently. Um, what was that like? And was there any... I mean, besides on-screen, what was it like off-screen with you guys? He took that stuff seriously off-screen, like, yeah. and it got it got pretty annoying, you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, yeah, so, like, so the, he, the, the thing about AJ, though, was uh, he was a few years older than me, right? And so he did have a little bit more life experience than I was. He was already married, and uh, you know all those kind of things and so like just uh, he was just more of an adult you know what I mean so um, so off screen like it it uh, because we were traveling together so much um, you know it was helpful for him to look out you know like look out you know what I mean at the time I still think he was working you know like working a shoot job too like a normal 9 to 5 and uh, you know I just re- you know like remember us always being on the road and like you know he would uh, I remember one time we got pulled over for speeding I was speeding a little bit and he was just playing video games like the whole time I'm getting a ticket you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> And then we, you know, we get done, and he's like, "I told you not to go over ten miles an hour." I was like, "No, you did not. You told me to hurry up and get get you home." You know what I mean? And just uh, like stuff like that would always happen. And then, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, we just had like really interesting moments. You know, like I, a lot of people have not heard AJ cuss. I've heard him cuss a few times. Um, one time, GD. Yeah, we. Uh, we were uh, uh, driving somewhere, and I stopped off this on, you know, like this off ramp, and somebody rear-ended us, and he just screams out, "F," you know, "fuck," right? And then I was like, and we, I didn't register, right, because I was so used to him saying other things. So, and of course, he wanted to go to Toys R Us, and that's where we were going. So I pulled into this Toys R Us. Uh, 
parking lot and I go to get out and he stops me and he goes, Hey man, I just need to apologize. I was like, for what? And he goes, I, you know, like saying that word, I was like, Oh dude, like I really thought you said something else. You know? <laughs> I, I was just so, uh, you know, in tune with him saying something else. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's the only human being I've ever heard say "GD," right? In, in place of cursing. When, GD. Was, when I worked <laughs> to, for uh, for this collection agency years ago, the the one that bought my dad's uh, practice, we had a lady in the office that, after a bad phone call, she would spell out swear words because she didn't say. <laughs> But the kicker is her spelling was so bad there would be misspelled swear words. Oh, that's awesome. F U C T. The uh, son of a bitch was spelled S U N O F F A B I C H several <laughs> times, and I left a post-it note that just said spell check on her desk right. several uh-huh. times. Yo, he, uh, we, so oftentimes, like, we would, uh, go to Ian Rotten's and be booked on a Friday and Saturday. So, you know, like myself, Cabana, Punk, Hero, you know, and AJ and myself would often go and see a movie if we had, you know, time before the first sh- or the second show. And we went and saw Jackass the movie one time and he ordered this ticket. He's like, can I get one for Jack A? <laughs> oh wow wow S- speaking of Ian I have to ask did, did you ever get one of the IOUs Yo, oh dude he still owes me like money and uh <laughs> there's another to, one Chad uh, yeah he tried to book me last year right in like um like uh, like in October November and uh, kept hitting me up on Facebook and was like, yo, are you good for this date? Like, never, ever once spoke about money. Like, and so uh, he was like, are you no-showing me? And I was like, we, like, this negotiation <laughs> process never happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you talking about? So, uh, just, anytime I hear Ian's name, I never forget the first week I ever went out there and watching him, like, shoot write IOU notes to like Punk and AJ and Nigel and Daniels and that was like is this a real thing? Punk's like yeah, yeah, yeah I, I have a drawer full. <laughs> I, I once saw him not pay Dr. Death while Dr. Death was like dealing with the cancer stuff. Oh and, like, uh, wow. and you're like, uh, like you know I, I'm a huge like you know 90s all Japan you know and uh, you know Bill Watt stuff so like Dr. Death was like my dude and uh yeah, I felt so bad. Wow, not not at all surprising, but right, yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> just it's it's one of those things that indie wrestling you you hear these stories, but I don't think fans that would like listen to our show or any other indie podcast would kind of understand like the the level of profit margin versus being able to pay everybody you're booking. And how many promoters can't stick within that budget uh, is insane. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, how many times did you say you go to Ian's shows, and especially in like the mid two thousands, we were like looking at a locker room of literally a who's who of the entire independent world, plus paying like you know TNA expenses to Bill Barons and whoever yeah. else, and it's just like, gee, Ian, you live out of a fucking trailer with like twelve people in there. How <laughs> you can't afford this shit? Yo, his uh, the Ted Petty that's coming up in a couple weeks looks stacked. Yeah, I mean, it looks very expensive too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I just uh, I don't like I don't understand. Well, that's what always made it amazing to the fact that Ring of Honor lasted as long as it did. <laughs> right. Hey, you want to be Jimmy Rave approved? Follow the Crown Jewel Jimmy Rave on Twitter and Instagram at the Jimmy Rave for the latest on Jimmy Rave's appearances. Friend him on Facebook by searching Jimmy Rave. Jimmy Rave's experience will be showcased in Ridgeview, New Jersey, September 30th for Wrestlers Lab. But most importantly, visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Jimmy Rave for your Jimmy Rave t-shirts of the highest quality. And you too can be Jimmy Rave approved. And really the first of the major bumps in the road came in March of 2004 when we had, uh, leading into At Our Best, we had the, the incident with ownership. Um, what what were some of the talent's thoughts? And and this also, of course, led to the loss of AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels from the roster. Yeah. Um, what were some of the thoughts that you guys experienced? How did you find out? How did you hear what happened? Um, I um, back in the day, I was always on AOL Instant Messenger, and so there was a lot of us that were on it, like Cabana, Punk. Gabe, you know what I mean? So, like, um, I'm pretty sure it was uh, Gabe that had smartened me up. And, or, you know what? It it might actually, to be honest, before I heard from Gabe, I saw it on the CZW fans message board. Um, And I I just think that because they had such a, a. you know, so many guys that lived in the Philly area, like, I think it just leaked out there first, you know what I'm saying? And so, uh, yeah, like, I, it just, uh, it was, um, you know, there's certain moments in my career where, like, uh, something happens and, like, it almost feels like my heart stops, you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, no, but, like, so here's the thing that I loved about, uh, you know, Ring of Honor when I was there and I started there, CZW when I started there, Wildside when I started there. Um, all of those companies, uh, like, you know, you would get there before a show and you couldn't even get in the ring because all the guys were in there, like, rolling around with each other. Not even necessarily going over their match, just um, helping each other out, right? And there was, like, we had such a mentality of, this thing has to work that we all put it on our back you know what I mean and so because everybody had that uh, gung-ho mentality of uh, we all need this to work it was just everybody was just helping each other right and it wasn't about oh I need to have a better match than this dude it was like we all need to have good matches because this is what we need to work right and then like when you have a roadblock like that it's scary, you know what I mean? Because then it's like, we did all this work for what? You know what I mean? Um, because one person can screw it all up. So, like, something that, like, should have never happened. And then, 
you know, what it was for was just, uh, it just felt real dirty. You know what I mean? Like it was hard, you know, um, you know, I like, I had like my stepdaughter was, you know, young and like I had to have that conversation with my, my ex at the time about even going back. Um, you know what I mean? So it was a real interesting time. So did you ever consider not coming back? Um, I, I didn't, uh, consider not coming back. Um, I, so I, I knew, like, I believed in Gabe, right? Like, yeah, that's, that's where my loyalty lied, not Rob, right? I think there was a lot of locker room. Right. So, like, when I first got there, like, uh, of course, it was awesome that uh, the place that I used to order VHS tapes from was, like, the the company I was working for, right? So, like, I used to get all these free tapes and stuff like that. It was awesome. But then, like, uh, you know, eventually that, like, wore off. And then, like, I got more more interested in, uh, you know, the actual booking side of things, right? Like, Like, that's why I always had conversations with Gabe because I was trying to learn that process for myself um and so like that's where my loyalty lies. what uh what was difficult is because Bill Barron's was my agent uh he you know like all the stuff that was happening with TNA kind of affected me and so like there was there was a call that came to me uh, saying like you know what are you gonna do like because you know all these other dudes are not gonna be available to us because you were doing explosion and things like that but you weren't a TNA contracted guy right oh, right right all right so you didn't get affected like AJ and Chris or any of that right 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 well the event still took place uh, that, that came after that week and you opened the show uh, at least the main portion of the show there was a a do or die convention card that took place earlier in the day but the main show itself um we've always said on this show that the opener for roh was always meant to make a statement this Mm. is in front of roh's biggest crowd at the time at the rexplex and you worked with uh the amazing red jack evans uh, mark briscoe sanjay dutt and teddy hart right right. and the six-man mayhem uh, thoughts on working with uh, those guys and Teddy Hart in specifics? Uh, any good stories? Yeah, so like it was after the whole incident happened with the whole uh, him and Jack doing all the flips off the cage. I wasn't there that night, um, so I didn't know. I I remember being home and BJ Whitmer called me and told me the whole story and so um i didn't know what to expect i i i want to say that at one point teddy and uh um tj wilson came in and did a match at the rex play or at at the i think the murphy wreck yeah yeah that was that was before the cage match but yeah, Yeah, yeah 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 so like that was my only interactions with ted and so um you know when uh you know when that happened um you know like myself and sanjay were were friends from czw um like red and i were on on real good terms 
Um, and of course, like, I've known Mark for a long time because those guys used to come to Wildside. And, uh, so, uh, but like, I didn't know Jack and Teddy. So it, it was Red's first match back, right? Yes. Um, he just came back from his knee surgery. And, uh, you know, it, it was really awkward because, uh, they, when we got there, like, Gabe was like, yo, you have to go downstairs because Teddy's in, like, this secluded room, right? And, uh, you know, he's not coming into the locker room, so we're going to have to, he was going to have to go talk about the match down there. I was like, oh, whatever. So, like, uh, like me, Sanjay, Red, and Mark go down there, and randomly Sabu was there. And it was just like, oh, cool, like, <laughs> Sabu's going to do something on the show? Nope, he's there to bodyguard Teddy Hart, um, which was interesting. And so, uh, so like, we started talking about, you know, started talking about the match, and uh, it was just, um, you know, we tried, uh, I think Teddy was on the, uh, in the kind of mode of, like, I'm just going to, you know, say yes to a lot of the stuff, you know what I mean? Because he'd already had a whole bunch of heat on, you know? And so, like, uh, like you know, at one point, I, like, we, I, I put Teddy in the sharpshooter, you know what I mean? So, like, uh, you know, they were they were game for doing stuff, right? But when we got out there, um, you know, Jack did his breakdancing thing, and then Red kind of did it and got a baby face reaction, right? And then Teddy just like randomly kicks red in the Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Face. Right? And, like, that was not what we had talked about whatsoever. And so, uh... Sanjay, like, you know, kind of came after him, and, like, they tussled, and I just punched Teddy in the face. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I was just like, oh, I guess we're going to do this. So, like, Sanjay and, and Ted uh, almost got in a fight at CZW, though, right? So I was like, okay, this is, you know, it's on now, because, like, Teddy did something really disrespectful to Sanjay at CZW, and I knew that. And so, like, uh, it was really weird. And then uh, it just settled down, and we just went about business as usual. And, like, they completely took it off the video, right? Like, it's not on the tape at all. But um, that's what happened. Like, it was weird. Yeah, I completely, until you, until you mentioned it, uh, I totally forgot about Sabu being there. And that yeah. that weirdness, like... <laughs> Well, the, the the idea was that Sabu was just going to do a run in and just like put somebody through a table in the six man mayhem. From what I remember, because I've had oh, this really? conversation with Gabe, he he was going to run out. The lights would come out. He'd be in the ring. 
uh, he would do his little pose. He'd put somebody through a table, and then he would just leave. Right. Because it plays into the idea that it's a six-man mayhem. Anything can happen, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's a moment, like you said. Right, right. You know, and, and we... It was a big crowd. You know, they had Dusty and whoever else was, was Steamboat. Steamboat was the guest referee for Punk and AJ. Mm-hmm. And so, don't I mean, forget Ox Baker. And Ox Baker, yeah. Uh-huh. How, how could I forget Ox Baker? He chased after me and half my friends leaving the building. I mean, he was always at Rexplex, right? Yeah. Ax, he, he, then he showed up somewhere else, too. Well, he, he lived was... close to the Rexplex. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So curiosity. Um, fa- fast forwarding, uh, you know, fifteen years, and um, having worked with Teddy again recently, any different? Um, I mean, like he just does random stuff. Like, uh, you know, I did a run in on him recently to set up a match for October, and he randomly moved away. <laughs> like, and then I was just at another promotion. And he won their belt, was supposed to come and defend it, didn't show up, still has their belt. And, like, uh, after my match, it was, like, for the number one contender or whatever, right? The promoter comes out and cuts a promo, and he's just like, well, next month, hopefully Teddy can be here. And I was like, yo, he's not coming back. What (laughs) What are you talking about? Like, you need to call him and get your belt back, bro. Like, uh... But uh, I mean, like he is—he is—he does seem a lot more calm. You know what I mean? Like uh, not as um, out there. You know, like um, sometimes I like I mentor a, a lot of guys, right? And one guy that I, I help out a lot is uh, a guy named Sugar Dunkerton. Yeah. And um, you know, we at one point he was trying to tell me about his plan to become, become the hot, you know, the next hot thing in indie wrestling right and uh i often use teddy as this example and i was like yo man like you can be the next hot thing right but like for me it's been better to just be consistent you know because people can forget about that hot thing like because like you know teddy just vanished at one point you know what i mean nobody remembers that you know what i'm saying like all the stuff that happened because like he would come in and become like a world storm, you know what I mean? And do great things and just vanish, right? And so like I would rather be consistent, right? And then, um, you know, like you have a lot more, uh, you have a lot more credibility that way, I think, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. One, 100% agreed. Well, one of the, the next major steps in your elevation in Ring of Honor um, came in May as a, the uh, fodder for uh, Generation Next. Um, so mm. Jack Evans and Austin Aries, Roderick Strong, Alex Shelley, um, they're working uh, as the heel faction, kind of taking over after all the TNA guys had left. And you, John Walters, and the Briscoes wrestled in a tent mm. uh, at the aptly named Generation Next show. Um Reflections on working with those guys as they rose up the card. Yeah, so the best thing, like <clears throat> the best thing about that day was I got on my flight from Atlanta to Philly, and I'm sitting next to Shawn Michaels, 
<laughs> wow. And so we started talking about wrestling, and he's like, oh, where are you wrestling tonight? And I was like, uh, um, I'm wrestling in a tent. And, uh, you know, like, I, he's like, well, you know, like, we're at the, wherever it was, the Spectrum or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I was like, yeah, we're not there, dude. Like, um, and then, like, so WWE is in town. So, like, when we landed, like, we ended up going and, you know, having lunch with Matt Hardy and Victoria. Like, so, like, it was just a weird day in general. But then, like, uh, you know, we got there. And uh, luckily, like, I, you know, definitely, like, Roddy and, uh, and, and Alex Shelley were, like, two guys that I'd already, you know, had a bunch of matches with. And so... Uh, like I really like that was the first time we did a long you know main event like that we went like 45 minutes in that eight man and uh, like I was really proud of it at the time there's some really funny footage in that eight man like Roderick Strong used to have this um, thing where he slapped his leg all the time right and like you can see him he still does yo you can see him slap his leg as he's whipping me off at one point there's dude, like, that, that, that's a disease it's an infectious disease in wrestling <laughs> like, I'm saying like him. what like in what reality do you slap your leg to whip somebody off you know what I'm saying like it's weird no dude alright so I tell Jeff this all the time the best example of how ridiculous slapping gets is I, there's a um, it's, it's a, a match that a cabana and hero had and I think it was in Louisville and we happen to catch it paused at the exact right frame where Cabana is slapping Hero, slapping his leg, and Hero is slapping his leg at the same time on a slap. That's awesome. It's a, Yeah, it's like the greatest like still frame uh, that we managed to find uh, one day at the office. It's like a slap on a slap on a slap. That is so awesome. So I, I used to write television for a show in Georgia, right? And I did an angle where I was sitting in the crowd. And one of the guys that I was helping uh, mentor, um, his name's Chip Day. He um, he does a lot of kicks and everything, right? So when I went to do um, the best the Super Juniors for New Japan, Jado and Gato like set because I was doing the same thing, and Jado and Gato sat me down and they're saying, you know, you should only do it two or three times in a match, right? And it like um, like not back to back either. So I always tell guys it's, you know, like what we do is like magic, right? And like if you watch a magician and he does an amazing trick and you're like, oh, my God, yo, do that again. He's not going to do it again. He's like, oh, yeah, that was awesome. Let me show you this other one, right? Because if he does it again, then you could catch the sleight of hand, right? And so like what we're doing by continuously slapping is showing people our hand, right? And so like I was sitting in the crowd for this angle and like I could hear the the fans saying like look at how red his legs getting right you know what I mean like because you know like there's nothing else is happening to his thigh you know what I mean like he's doing it to himself so I made the I made the joke to Adam Cole in the past that like dude you're gonna split your own leg open because right. <laughs> you slap your own leg so hard and you don't have you know he just wears trunks yeah <laughs> yeah it's bad and it, I agree with you on that it, it, you're making you end up working harder for this for same reactions right and you know like, a, a lot of the guys don't 
um, that that do it, like do it in illogical things, like mm-hmm. they'll boot somebody in the stomach and do it, right? Like that, if you boot somebody in the stomach uh, in real life, it does not make that sound. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so, it's, a, it's just a weird phenomenon. So, uh, and Roddy was great at it. <laughs> he loved it. I, I remember uh, Captain Safety Brent Albright got a spray tan in Dayton um, <laughs> before a show, and he slapped his leg. I think he opened with Davy Richards, maybe, and uh, there was a lot of leg slapping that was commencing. Davy benefited from having the long trunks, and Albright had the short trunks on, and he slapped his leg so hard he left a palm print in his thigh. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it was it was like he was palming a basketball, but palming his hip. And I remember pointing out to my buddy Stu, he literally slapped his leg so directly that his handprint can be tested for fingerprints. <laughs> Yo, can you explain why you just called him Captain Safety? That's a haggard right. thing. All right. So that became our running joke in the locker room, at least amongst us, like because of how unsafe he was with guys okay. like Pelly or Grizz or Boy. like he, he you Bob, he broke Bobby Dempsey's wrist, like shoot broke his wrist because he was just trying to be a fucking, you know, badass tough guy. And I hate that. Uh, so yeah, same. So one of the New York shows, um, he was supposed to do do the awesome bomb to me through a table, uh-huh. and uh, Gabe like Gabe was the one who asked me to do it. He Gabe asked me, "Are you okay with it?" Like I'm over like, the top rope? Yeah, yeah, over the top rope through a table is when he turned on Sweet and Sour, and uh-huh. uh, he's I was like Gabe. Gabe asked me. Brent didn't ask me to do it. Gabe asked me if I was willing to do it. I'm like, yeah, you know, I trust them. It's you know, how hard is it? I'm not, you know. So he picks me up, and he doesn't lift me up all the way. He just kind of over his shoulder, and he drops me, and my feet hit the top. Like he didn't push me out; he just dropped me. So my feet hit the top rope. It flipped me like almost a moonsault. And if the table would not have been there to stop my fall, I would have tombstone the concrete outside of the hammerstein in the in the hammerstein. Yeah. So, uh, and I don't remember ever being asked, um, maybe once, uh, when I got tapped backstage, I think he did come to me and ask if I was okay, but it was never, ever asked again after that. And so just that, and, you know, just the general disregard for anybody's safety that he viewed as less than. I, yo, man, I remember one time on the HD net days, he, uh, after a match, he poured beer like directly into my eyes and I was so mad. Jeez. Not surprising at all. So mad. Yeah, one of my least favorite people we ever had to work with. Yeah, yeah, he, he was brutal. It's amazing because I had a, a lot of interaction with him after shows. You know, uh-huh. we would do the, the Greg H fan gatherings and stuff after yeah. the shows. And Jimmy, you didn't come to a lot of those because of your character. Yeah, uh, which was something we all completely respected and understood. But like Albright would come and Whitmer and Cabana, and it, you know it was usually the same crew of guys. Mm-hmm. And Albright was like a totally different person fr- toward you guys than he was toward us, and right. that, that always made me very curious. Um, 
you know, he would sit down and like slap a table and say, somebody make me laugh. And then we'd all, you know, laugh and try and get him to, to smirk up. And, you know, he'd have a couple beers and be pleasant to be around. And I, I don't know. I think he was kind of at the point where he just didn't have enough confidence in himself as a wrestler mm-hmm. after seeing how everybody else performed. Right. And it affected him both as a from a behavioral standpoint around his contemporaries and I think his just level of recklessness was just him not thinking. You know, you got so like one thing to keep in mind is like he went from having a dream job to coming to a company where we were working super hard and not the same style he was doing, you right. know? And I think he was trying to catch up to that as quickly as he could and, like, not being able to do it well. I would 100% agree. Or safe. Right. Or right. safe. Or safely, yeah. I mean, I think he literally had one one great, great match during that run, and it was the ultimate perfect storm of situations. And even later on, I, I from what Shane's told me, he didn't like the match. <laughs> so, I, mm. but uh, at this point, <laughs> circling back, yeah, back to back to your career as opposed to Captain <laughs> Safety. Um, in June of 2004, Kerry Silken took over 100% complete ownership of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts on on working with Kerry. Um, how important was he? And uh, talk about some of the sacrifices that he made financially for himself to keep the company going. Yeah, so Carrie is like the sweetest guy you can, you know, ever meet. Like, uh, I think he's like a super, super caring person, right? Uh, and like really. Um, is accommodating and like really um he's a good dude right but like he also doesn't put up with a lot of bullshit you know what i mean so um uh like one thing so like i always had great interactions with him um uh, except for um like i had a really bad time in england one time our first tour of england right what happened was we went we were booked over there for like a week ahead of the ring of honor shows and we got booked out you know what i mean like uh, alex shane kind of just booked us everywhere right i made the mistake of bringing my ex-wife on the tour and she didn't understand that we're working you know what i mean like i would have a seminar in the morning like maybe on the north end of the country and then a show in the south you know what i'm saying like we're just going right and so, like, she, you know, like, she kind of put a little pressure on, on some stuff. But what happened was, is as the week is going on, I hadn't been paid at all for any of this. You know what I mean? And so, like, I'm starting to freak out a little bit, right? And so, like, by the time we get to the Ring of Honor shows, like, like I'm just like, yo, like, what is going on? Um, because I haven't been paid for anything, you know, like, and like, I was under the assumption that we were getting paid, you know, per night after these shows that weren't the Ring of Honor ones, right? I understood how our Ring of Honor situation worked, you know, 
but these other ones, that's what I was, you know, uh, figuring that would happen. And so, like, I kind of flipped out on everything and, like, just uh, was totally disrespectful to him. Um, you know, and we made up after that. You know, like, I, sometimes, a lot of times I would ride with Carrie, too. You know what I mean? Like, he would, you know, take me to Atlantic City. Uh, like, uh, I remember one time and we were uh, in New York and, uh, you know, he engaged my uh, wife at the time and myself Broadway tickets you know, like, took us out to dinner, like, just, you know, super good dude, um, and, like, uh, just, you know, um, what you would hope, like, the face of a company would be, you know what I'm saying, like, just, you know, something that, like, uh, and he, like, genuinely cared about us, you know what I mean, like, because, like, I think when you're in that environment and you're working so hard towards this one thing, like you become close to people just by default, you know? And like, there was a, you know, like, because I often, like most of the time I was writing with Bobby Cruz and Todd Sinclair and Brian Danielson, right? That was usually who I tried. Wow. <laughs> what, what a call. What a mafia right there. Right. And then like, if Sauronaro was on the shows, he was with us too. And so, so, um, so yeah, like, and oftentimes like, you know, cause like, uh, Todd Sinclair and like um, Carrie often would go to the casino and I might come with them or whatever. I and I didn't gamble or whatever, but like you know, Carrie might throw me some money to you know gamble on. You know oh, what I mean? He just was he always totally good. tried to teach you to play craps, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I had yep, no idea. Every what I was time, same. Have you ever played craps? Right. You gotta try it. You gotta right. try it. Come on. I'm and then you. um. You know, like when, like when I, uh, like was having substance abuse problems, he was somebody that would like I could confide to and talk to, about things with, and so, you know, always just a good dude to, to be around. Like he just, uh, and it was just very admirable of him to like step up and like help, um, you know, take over this this situation to where like we didn't all have to lose what we had been working for and i remember going to the date in that day feeling like because i didn't even know i i was um you know that when i was working in let's talk about medi-cal you have a choice and melina makes it easy so let's talk about making your life easier about extra help to manage your health nobody knows medi-cal better than melina visit meetmelinaca.com let's talk today Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The office. So, and I was, but I was back visiting home in Michigan, and I, I walked into the building that day, and uh, Zach Yeager was standing there, like, "Hey, guess what happened while you were on vacation?" And just that whole vibe that day in Dayton was just like, "We got to fucking kill it tonight." Right, like, right. I think everybody had that feeling that night, and uh, so it was like everybody killed it on the show, and you, uh, you unofficially got killed for a month. <laughs> Did you you knew that? You knew it was coming, right? The the you returning? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gabe and I had talked about it. Um, you know, uh, 
because you know like the whole gimmick was like for a, you know a whole year I'd, I'd only won one match and that was the match against Sanjay you know to become in the field of honor and then so um so yeah we I, I knew that the whole turning thing was going to happen you know like one of the things that I did afterwards was you know live journal was a big deal at the time and so I had posted something on my live journal about like you know this is kind of fucked up that like you know Gabe is taking money out of you know like my you know my family's pocket and stuff like that like you know like we could have talked about this and I just did it in a very realistic manner and I remember Meltzer had wrote in the Observer like that I had been let go and like about my live journal post and he said welcome to the entertainment business kid and I felt so great when I came back (laughs) sticking it to Meltzer if you live in eastern Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, or Maryland, listen up. Five Star Home Foods is revolutionizing the way families are getting their groceries. By cutting out the middleman and delivering all natural foods directly to your home, Five Star helps you save time and eat cleaner every day. For a limited time, the Creative Control Network and an honorable mention are hooking you up with $100 off of your first order. Just head to 5starhomefoods.com slash Network. That's 5starhomefoods.com slash CC Network to redeem this exclusive offer and see why hundreds of families have kissed the grocery store goodbye and good night by getting higher quality food delivered directly to their homes from 5 Star. 5 Star Home Foods. Everyone should eat this good. So the whole the whole like presentation, all of that stuff come back because the crown jewel. Is that all Gabe? Was it a back and forth? Was it um, that yeah yeah that was most I and it was mostly Gabe and like you know Punk was in his ear too you know what I mean like, yeah so I think Punk had a lot to do Punk was definitely the one that um, it was his idea for me to step on Angel Williams back to get in the ring, on a girl's back to get in the ring mm-hmm. right uh, I think he had seen it done in um, in World of Sport at some point and so he just thought it would be something that we could add to it. And, uh, you know, like, um, you know, the early versions of it, like, were not my favorite, you know what I mean? With, like, uh, the outcast killers and, you know, um, all that stuff happening. But, uh, you know, like, it definitely, uh, I did not, like, it was cool, like, that we started to do with the outcast killers the, uh, the air freshener stuff because I could use it later. And so, um, so like those things were awesome but uh you know like trying to do like when you're in a group like that and trying to help everybody get you know the shine of of the group is really difficult sometimes especially when those guys weren't working regularly too and you have prince nana who attracts a lot of attention everywhere he goes absolutely um, and deservedly so. I mean, he he puts a lot of effort into his character and presentation. But Absolutely. Your your return at at Reborn Completion against Trent Acid um, has a little bit of a backstory to it. Could you share that with us? Yeah. So uh, uh, I when I was in CCW, Trent and I, um, Trent was the Iron Man champion at one point, and. Um, at, I don't know. I, I guess it was either Zandig or Mike Burns' decision to uh, 
to move that belt to me, and we were going to do it at Cage of Death 5, I think it was. Yeah, and, yeah, it was... Uh, I was yeah. there in the audience that day because we just started training. Right, cage of, like that cage of death was so packed. You know what I'm saying? Like the, you know, like the arena was packed, and like the, there was a whole buildup for me to be in the match. Like I came out to Rocky's theme and all this stuff, and you know, and then like I'm just in the ring and Trent's music is just playing. You know, like it was the Midnight Express's old music, and it's just playing and playing and playing, and I was like what is going on here you know and come to find out he was in the back like like telling john he wasn't going to come out to you know drop the title you know what i mean like i had no clue like i didn't know it was like that big of a deal you know what i mean to me you know like i'm i'm just you know down to work in front of all these people you know and um you know like the match i don't think was very good at all and uh but um he just had this weird thing with me when it wasn't wrestling we were good you know what i mean but when once it became about doing business together um every time i wrestled him i was scheduled to beat him you know what i'm saying and like that really got to him for some reason and so uh so then when i come back that night i was like oh great like this is the guy you put me against uh, my first night to be in this position and you know luckily uh like he, he you know made a smart ass comment about huh here we go again you know what i mean and like he's like sorry dude like i don't know what you want me to do like uh and so like but like i knew that that was my moment and so i need we needed to make the best of it oh and, and clearly you guys did because it got a huge reaction um mm. that, that you were revealed as the crown jewel of the embassy. Uh, before we continue with a couple other embassy early on related notes, how do you feel about Chase Owens using the crown jewel nickname now? Uh, or or Kimberly? Is she using it as well? Yeah, she's using it as well. Oh, Kim does. I guess I didn't realize that. Sorry, yeah, I know, I know, I know Kim. So, like, personally, know Kim. So, I really yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the crown jewel also. So. uh so Chase and I wrestled each other uh, years ago, you know, a few years ago, right? And at the time, I, like I said, I was uh, writing TV in Georgia, and I had developed a group and a logo that said Jimmy Rave approved. And so, like, I was legitimately, put, like, if I felt like um, the person that I wrestled, like, did well enough in the match I would legitimately give them a shirt you know what I mean in the middle of the ring like, and not tell them about it you know mm-hmm. and so I did that one night and so uh, he started wearing it everywhere and then I guess he just thought he could just be me after that or whatever uh, I just saw him a couple weeks ago you know what I mean and like um, you know I sent out a tweet and said that he's got my blessing to use it you know what I'm saying but like uh, one thing that would happen, like we would be on the same show together in the South, and I, you know, like I would give the announcer all my monikers, and I'd be like, "Oh, I'm the Crown Jewel of Professional Wrestling," and they're like, oh, "I don't know if I could do that because uh, Chase is on the show." I said, like, "Go fuck if he's on the show. Like, <laughs> I'm the original Crown Jewel of Pro Wrestling, bro." Like, I can't on, think though. of anybody. I, I, top of my head, can't think of that ever being used prior to you. No, no, no like. I like that 
so like if I've left anything in wrestling like you know like that moniker or uh, you know like the toilet papers you know stuff like you know like there's certain things that like um, like I I got to experience before other people you know what I'm saying and so mm-hmm. like uh, yeah like it just it's one of those things where and you know like people will still tweet and you know at me and say like you know like you know there's only one crown jewel in wrestling and it's you and you know like it uh i do wish he would give me some more money from all the stuff he's making off (laughs) so was um was that a gabe thing using that name or is that his uh yeah, I, I can't remember if it's Gabe or it might have been Nana's. You know, like okay. Nana would say just crazy stuff. Like, but yeah, yeah. Like it might have f- been. Yeah, yeah. It might have been. It might have been Nana. I don't know. Well, early on in that uh, that run with Nana, there you worked uh, John Walters a lot, and it was uh, mm. a rivalry over the Pure Title. Um, right. How difficult did the rules for the Pure Title? Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Like having good matches, or do you think they enhanced it just because they were different? Um, I felt like... Uh, I felt like it was difficult for the crowd to process. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I think there's certain things like in wrestling, like for example, like those rules are great for a television product because on television you have uh, you have more of a um, overview of everything that's going on right like you you don't have just your direct seat in the middle of the arena somewhere you know what I mean so you can have different camera angles and everything you know so uh, so there is uh, when it's on television it's a little bit easier to process all all the different kind of things you know what I'm saying but so, but so I felt like it was difficult to get those things over in a live crowd audience. You know what I mean? Like a, in a way. So, for example, like uh, the closed fist thing, right? Yeah. So, um, so one thing that I would do is I would take my uh, my elbow sleeve off and throw it on the ground, so the ref would have to grab it and take it out of the ring, and then I would punch the guy behind the ref's back, right? So I wouldn't have to use a rope break, and so. Um, that's I don't think the live crowd understood that you know because like they're not continuously reminded of the rules but when you're watching on television or a video the commentator can continuously say oh that's why he did that right uh, so I think that that's one thing that like was difficult about the whole situation yeah I always felt like um, it took a lot of time for the fans to really get it and it wasn't really until Nigel got going as a heel with that belt that fans really got it. Because, like, if you you go read some uh, some reviews of like Nigel's early pure title run, and people are shitting on the matches, they don't get it, all these DQ finishes and countouts. But a year later, there it's like the fans finally got it. 
and he's doing the exact same shit a year later, but now it's understood what's going on, and people right. are like, you know, getting out here. It's a four star match, right? Because it just yeah, same. It's exactly what you said. People needed to learn the rules and you know figure them out. Yeah, you have to train train the audience. You know what I mean, and so and that's really hard to do. Um, early on, you know what I mean? So if you're like John was in a difficult position with, you know, being a champion like that early on, for sure. And he, you guys had really good chemistry together, just having regular matches. So, you know, yeah, you add those rules on top of things. It kind of takes away from, from the good quality that was already there. Right. Right. Yeah. It just, it made it really difficult for sure. Um, but that would uh, take us into the big return of AJ Styles uh, in Dayton at the third hey, anniversary show. What? Can we go back one second? Like, yeah. I, I don't remember why, like, because John joined the embassy at one point, mm-hmm. right? For like, and, for like five seconds, yeah. Right. Why did Why did he, he leave? Do you guys remember that he left the company? Yeah, I feel like yeah. he he left like wrestling for a bit for a minute okay. it seemed like because i dream he kind of disappeared off the face of the earth yeah because he was wearing the aladdin pants as we <laughs> right right <laughs> he had the aladdin pants and then he was gone and he He's, was just like he reappeared as uh super conservative uh john brewer character the john brewer yeah. character gotcha yeah with yeah, um, it was just... lucha libre usa or whatever the mtv lucha promotion was mm-hmm. right because like we uh we went to germany together for wxw and teamed as the embassy there like in 2009 and so like i i just never knew like why you know like we never had interaction as you know both of us in the embassy to remodern it was was a real weird time like you know that first you know like that especially 2004 was a real um you know we we introduced the character and then it was trying to figure out the kinks out of it you know what I'm saying yeah by the time we get to this AJ thing I think we were starting to figure it out yeah we definitely uh, definitely figured it out because it was one of the most exciting in-person wrestling shows I had experienced at that point Um, because I, I got to share the whole show with all of my high school friends so oh, like awesome. I got to take them down to the show. I took care of their tickets and everything. We sat in the front row, and it was their first time ever sitting that close to the ring. While I had been doing it for you know a couple of years now at this point, and you know they were so excited to see AJ. And I was like, well, AJ is not necessarily going to be the the top guy you take away from this mm. show. He might be, but and they love throwing the toilet paper. They love messing with. <laughs> With you know Jack Evans like landed on us. Uh, he actually okay. he punted my glasses off my face, which was a little rib between the two of us, um, while he was like in my lap. Um, and, and thankfully they didn't break because otherwise I had to drive back home and I, I can't see without him on. Period. But um, what was it like to to be able to get back into the ring with AJ and you know? in front of that Dayton crowd which for whatever reason they that was like the top market for AJ in ROH they just yeah, they yeah. went crazy for him right right uh yeah it was uh so like it was so good because um 
I had all these months of doing the rave clash, right? And so, so I had all this momentum and, you know, um, it was a, like, uh, it was one of the, maybe the second or third time I main evented on a show too, you know what I mean? So like, it was a big deal for me to like be able to step up into that position, you know? And I remember that we just like really tried to, give as much to them as possible so like the idea behind the way that we uh, wrestled that match we wanted it to look like it was only going to be a one night thing for AJ right we just wanted to uh, I wanted it to look like he's just going to come in beat me and go back you know right off from the sunset again right and like that we just allowed you know teenagers allowed him to do this one shot and so, like, while, you know, like, while we're, you know, setting everything up, like, uh, like, I just wanted to not have, like, not wrestle, like, a traditional match where, like, I'm putting in a ton of heat on him as a heel, but more I'm backpedaling the whole time. I'm like, oh, shit, here, you know, you know, like, now I'm going to, I wanted it to look like the blow off, you know what I mean? Like, even though we hadn't been doing matches i wanted it to look like it was going to be blown off there and so like uh the idea behind the finish i thought was really done well where um like i was able to spray him in the eyes with the the air freshener and you know uh and get a dirty victory i mean did that whole weekend was a coming out party for you though because then you got punk the next night and that kicked off you know like pretty much i'd say the 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 rivalry that made you for ring of honor absolutely yo so like one of the things that i i really uh was impressed with with about excuse me gabe's booking was you know like i had two different angles going on at the same time right and like i just that's one thing that i try to take away from uh his creativeness like it was you know, it was great because, like, when AJ wasn't around, I still had stuff with Punk to do, right? And then vice versa. And so uh, so it made things a little bit more dynamic for me. It's one thing we've put over about Gabe before, um, in particular like when we talked about Brian, Brian's title run um, in one of our earlier episodes is, like, he had like six different rivalries going on at the same time and they weren't just yeah. like one-off matches it was like nigel you delirious like right. and some of them he was the baby face right. some of them he was kind of the heel some of them he was kind of in between like yeah mm-hmm. gabe had a great ability to um to 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 do that with with certain characters right and, and none of his matches ever finished the same way which Absolutely. was everything was different everything was unique and uh, I guess before we, we kind of really delve into the punk feud a little bit, um, you brought up the rave clash, and mm-hmm. that leads me to one of the things I, I thought of late last night when I was finishing up the notes for, for our interview today. Gonorrhea. Right. Where... Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Where did this wonderful move come from? Where did the name come from? Uh... I saw you tweet about it yesterday. Yeah, what uh, in the hell? You're like, somebody, yeah, that looks familiar. And I was like, okay, that definitely needs to go on the list of things to bring <laughs> up. Because Yo, the so- first time I heard the name, I have never laughed so hard in my life yeah. in a wrestling move. Uh, you know, I, there's a funny story behind the name. Um, you know, like Prince Nana was from Ghana, right? So, uh, Sal Renaro and I often would be on these long drives to FIP. And, uh, you know, Sal uh, is my best friend. And so, like, there, we were trying to get him a job in Ring of Honor for so long. You know what I mean? And uh, so we're going to FIP one day, and I was like, yo, man, like, I've, you know, the move was actually originally done. It was done in a different way. Uh, the guy did not hook the guy's head. But do you remember Jorge Estrada? Yep. Yeah. Tina. One of the yeah one of the flying Elvises. He originally had done it, um, but he would hook the arm and the leg, and and like he knocked out Truth Martini on an Ian Rotten show, and I was like, oh, like you can't, you shouldn't do it without protecting the guy's neck. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I just did it a little bit differently. Uh, and then, like, I always liked doing it with Jay Lethal because he would take it all the way to his stomach, you know what I mean? And so, um, it's it's a... For me, it's a hard move to do because some guys just don't take it well, right? So I don't do it all the time. Like, uh, but anyway, um, we were driving. I was like, yo, man, I need a name for this, Right. And Sal came up with gonorrhea. But, like, when we when we got to FIP, uh, I told Gabe that I came up with it right in front of Sal. <laughs> you know, like, and Sal's like, dude, I'm trying to get a job. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, yo, I came up with it. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yo, so, like, picture you know, Sal's reaction. <laughs> his mouth just dropped when Gabe was like that's awesome how'd you come up with that I was like I don't know I was just thinking about it the other day and uh, so I was like what <laughs> <laughs> oh, well at least he can take Salas and that he's the mayor of an honorable mention <laughs> right and we end yeah Sal Sal's the best and uh, hopefully we're, we're gonna have him on here uh, at some point down the road because I, I think he's got a lot of fun stories to tell but Absolutely. we're uh, we're feuding with punk here um, you know you you took out Tracy Brooks um, mm-hmm. you blinded punk uh, which is a kind of a, an interesting thing based on you know you being a fan of mid-south uh, yep. they did a lot of blinding angles. And then we talk about we covered best of the super juniors from Asbury Park uh, in the oh, archives, God. 
But talk about the uh, the cheese grater to punk straight edge tattoo attack. Yeah, it was it was weird. Uh, you know that was I don't know. I guess that was a gay thing too. But like we the match was the match was already always already weird. So original. So um, they ended up putting Fast Eddie with me. Um, in this group right and like he was the most difficult guy i ever had to deal with and so he was actually in a group that i was in in wild side too you know and so like uh like he you know i'd always been around him and everything but like uh he just did not have the same concept of psychology as i did right like he liked to just do moves and do moves for no reason you know uh, and he's like, blind. He's so blind. And so, uh, uh, so he, um, you know, the match just wasn't good. Like we did this match with like Punk and Cabana, and like, you know, uh, the, that whole show was just doomed. It seemed like from the beginning. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And, uh, like there, it was like storming outside, and yep. it was it was crazy. Like. Uh, it was just the weirdest day ever and like um, you know and then like the dragon soldier B thing did you go over Jamie Noble going crazy in the back like like during during the show no because I I, at that point I was um, filming okay I was doing ringside camera with Jimmy so I didn't see a lot of shit that happened in the locker room during shows because I was either at the merch table or at the ringside camera so Jamie Noble had just started with Dragon or uh, New Japan, and um, you know Simon Inoki was there, uh, you know, and like you know the whole thing was for Dragon Soldier B to win this tournament to go to be in the best of Super Juniors, and he had like really bad matches, right? And uh, Jamie flipped out during one of these matches. He goes, "What the fuck? You're gonna make this motherfucker, you know." Uh, a representative of this organization this is fucking bullshit and he he literally was running to the ring and we had to hold him back like oh he was going to hit he was going to hit on the match and like he's like no this is fucking bullshit i love jamie he was my third match ever dude like knocked me out he's first guy to ever knock me out uh but like the nicest dude uh for me i traveled with him for a long time and like um I have some really funny stories with me, him, and Roddy. Like, one time we were all... Oh, my God. (laughs) We were all rooming together, right? And, like, it was uh, after a New Jersey show, right? And, you know, like, in Jersey, you can't get beer or something like that after a certain time? Yeah. And so, like, you know, like, we, like, you know, found beer. And, like, um, that was, like, you know, both of their big goals for the night. And we were all rooming together. But then it was somebody, it was, oh, it was Punk's birthday, and we had one of his birthday cakes that Kathy Fitzson made, like, in her van, right? Okay. That's because, like, no pl- food place was open. We literally tried to buy a pizza off a guy delivering a pizza. Like, like yo, man, we'll give you three times as much if you just don't deliver it and give it to us. You know what I mean? He wouldn't do it. So we j- and we didn't have, like, forks or anything, so we're using our hand to eat this cake, right? And, like, Roddy and I had always been, like, uh, like, like uh, bickering brothers, you know? And so, like, we get to the room, and, 
like uh, I had found a spoon at the hotel and so like I wouldn't give it to him and he <laughs> grabs a whole bunch of the cake and puts it in my hair and I take it in the shower right and uh, so I have all this cake in my hair and Jamie comes out of the bathroom and goes, what the fuck, Roddy? That motherfucker, I've been wrestling Jimmy Rafe since 1995. What the fuck? You better say you're goddamn sorry. You know what I mean? Like just. And then he made him go and get ice, and he goes, why doesn't Jimmy have to do it? He goes, I've been wrestling since 1995. I haven't been wrestling since 1995. And so like, it was just, he just treated Roddy like shit, and it was awesome. And like I had to go and take another shower, right, because I had this cake in my hair. And he made Roddy come into the bathroom and say he's sorry. <laughs> and, like, and, and then, like, I... Like I hear Roddy's like, yo man, yo, I'm sorry, dude. And, he, and then I hear Jamie in the background going, say it like you fucking mean it, boy. <laughs> Jamie was awesome. Yeah, he he was uh, so, he was a yeah. one of a kind guy to to have him for such a short run in Ring of Honor and um to to maximize like the interactions that he had with both the wrestlers and the fans. Uh-huh. I I don't know anybody that has a bad word to say about him. No, he Dude, was if he if he would have done a play run play. in on Dragon Soul Jabri, he would have been the biggest baby face in the history of the fucking company. <laughs> yeah, yo, <laughs> the the other Jamie story is during the Kabashi Joe match. Oh shit! Yep, yep. He's just up there screaming. Yep, the most racist stuff at <laughs> at Kabashi. He's like, beat that gook's ass, Joe. Like, and it's like, what are you doing, dude? Like, chill out. Do you remember his fucking idea of wanting to lynch J Train? Yeah. Oh, he's like to crazy, fucking tie J Train to a back of a truck. Like, he wanted okay. to do that as a promo. And he was like, you can't do that. <laughs> What's Yo, wrong with that? <laughs> my favorite promo from him is when he's like, uh, you know, Austin Aries, I'm, you know. This match ended and I'm standing there with my goddamn dick in my hand. You know what I mean? Like, that was my... I, I used to quote that for years. I still do. Like, I, I'll i have meetings with people, like phone meetings and stuff, and my mom sells the, the software uh, that I work on for my regular uh-huh. job. And she'll call, like, later in the day, because we often share clients, and she'll call later in the day and ask, you know how everything's going, how the meeting goes, you sign them, and then I'll reply with, you know, nope, just standing here with my dick in my hand. <laughs> and my mom my mom gets it now. Like, she, right. she's seen the promo, and my mom's right. not a wrestling fan at all. She hates it. Right. But she understands why I use that phrase and why I think it's so funny. And yeah. to hear somebody that shared a locker room with him... And was was kind of like an understudy almost, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Find that so funny. That's James Gibson doing that. Oh yeah. That's that that's not a character or no. turning the volume up. That's him doing it. Yo, so Jamie is he's yo, he's also like the sweetest guy ever. Like, um I remember myself, Tony Mamaluke and Jeremy Lopez were doing shows in Florida one time and he had just won the uh the WWE uh, cruiserweight title from Rey Mysterio and uh, so we're driving through Melbourne where he lives and uh, you know his he's got a wife and a small child at the time and uh, he literally let us 
like we called him and we're like, yo, can we sleep at your house? Like as we're going to um, Miami. And he was like, yeah, man, he wasn't even there. He let, let us go, you know, and stayed at his house until he was coming in that night, you know? And then, uh, he was like, what do you guys want? You know? And mom Luke was like, oh man, we want steak and lobster just being a, an asshole. You know, we got there and he made his wife make a steak and lobster. Right. So we got there and, uh, you know, like he just was the most awesome dude ever. That's that's great, you know, to hear that. And um, I, I guess we'll we'll kind of get back to the punk feud just to kind of wrap it up a little bit, and then uh, we'll tell some fast Eddie stories, okay. uh, especially the one you told told us the other day. Right. Um, <laughs> so so you guys do the dog collar match. You guys lay in those just absurd chair shots. Mm, mm. Were, you, were you worried about that at all? I mean, knowing Punk's, uh, like, the skull fracture history, I mean, I know, like, as you know, one of his kids, I, I kind of knew where he was coming from with that. That was kind of the whole yeah. point. That was right. that was the whole point, was playing right, off the right. skull fracture shit, so. Yeah, um, I was super worried about it, you know, like, uh, so Punk was going through it at the time, like, um, he had a really bad breakup with Tracy Brooks, you know, yep. he was, um, you know, he was, um, you know, he was trying to get in shape for WWE at the time, so he was dieting really hard, you know, like, he just... Oh, yeah. And, like, uh, you know, and also, on top of that, Candido had just passed away, you know what I mean? Like, it was just a whole, you know, shitstorm of stuff, you know what I'm like, saying? that was, like, that week. Right, right. It was, yeah. like, you know... Uh, you know, and like that match means a lot to me. Because, you know, we got a two-page article in Sport Pro Wrestling Illustrated for it. Like, it was a really cool spread, and um, you know, and like he just got insane color in that match. You know what I mean? Like, and I the finish is really like I really liked how we used all the members. You know what I mean? Like, it was my idea to um, to send out um, my crew first, and then like me not have the dog collar on and hit on him you know what i'm saying like i thought that was an interesting idea to do and then um <clears throat> so like uh and, and that was like such a difficult match to work because like the chain was really heavy and it was also you can't um really think about the bumps that you're taking right so at one point i go to give him the pepsi plunge and he backdrops me off the top rope and like the chain like snags and it like tries to like you know it almost like choked me you know what i mean like it was just really hard to deal with the chain uh so like but like um i love prince nana like don't hear me saying anything but there's certain times He's not in the right spot, right? Yeah. And there's one thing in that match where he's supposed to slide a chair in, and he slides it in, and it goes right out the ring. And <laughs> you can see Punk go, what the fuck? fuck? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just like shrugs his shoulder, you know? Uh, luckily, we figured it out, but uh, I always just thought that was a funny and uh, you mentioned using all the pieces um and i've had this conversation with uh with jimmy jacobs before about the age of the fall um and he really enjoyed having all of the pieces to kind of manipulate around um with during all that stuff what did you think about having all of these ancillary players like nana and outcast killers and mike yeah. cruel and fast eddie and uh, whoever the fuck else 
Scott used? Like, did you enjoy having all of these little pieces you could use to tell the stories? Right, right, right. Yeah, we had, and we had Jay Chung at the time. Yeah, yeah, that made it really uh, helpful. You know what I mean? Because there was, you know, it it created layers. You know what I mean? And also, for me, uh, as like when I became a heel in Ring of Honor, I dumbed down my wrestling tremendously. You know what I mean? I wasn't doing um, the same things that I was doing as a babyface. You know what I mean? Like when I was a babyface, I would try to do like high flying moves or more flashy things, you know? So I really wanted to dumb down my wrestling as much as possible and be a, like the most traditional heel as possible. For example, like Austin Aries was a heel in Ring of Honor, but he's still doing the uh, low pay, you know what I mean? And like when, as soon as he hits that, people react, you know what I mean? Like they pop for it. I, want, I did not want to do anything that they would react to unless it was perhaps a finish, you know what I mean? And so, uh, and and I often tell that in my seminars, like, I talk, talk to the um, wrestlers now, like, I often say if you want to be a good heel, uh, your repertoire should not be as flashy as the baby face, you know what I mean? That's just my opinion. So, um, <clears throat> so when... Uh, when I had those, when I had those different aspects, I didn't have to hit as many moves at that point. You know what I'm saying? I could just sell off. They came in. You know, like <laughs> there's one point where like Fast Eddie comes in and hits a moonsault, right? <laughs> like just crushes me because he goes to the wrong. He's so blind that he went to the wrong side and just kills me. Like and like he hits me and he goes, I fucking hate you, and he rolls out. You know what I mean? Like, just, it was like it was uh he always just did stuff like that like but yeah like that that match meant a lot to me man like it was like that was one of my favorite um one of my favorite singles matches absolutely and that all leads up to the final punk match the cage match in chicago Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and (laughs) and one of the most insane finishes to a match i think uh in ring of honor history they're so scary. So uh, we're texting back and forth that day, and he goes, "Yo, I think I got the finish." I was like, "Okay, cool." He goes, "Like, uh, you know, uh, superplex off the top," and I write back, "LOL, right?" And he goes, "No, I'm serious." And I was like, "Okay, whatever, dude." And like, I I actually wanted to do the Pepsi. I actually wanted to do the Pepsi plunge off the top. Like, I, I, what the fuck? Well, I, I thought that that would be an easier bump for me if I'm just taking a face bump off the I'm just thinking of Punk's knees. Well, I didn't care about his. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Oh, my God. Ow. Yo, did you... Do you remember that I had you guys put up the cage before the show? Yeah. I, I legit so was... So pissed. Like, I legit, uh... am texting Punk, and I was like, yo, man, like, uh can we just walk through this? You know what I mean? Cause like I, I might die if I fall off backwards, you know? And he was like, yeah, man, he goes, have him put up the cage. And then he didn't show up until like after bell time. You know what I mean? Like just to be an asshole, like he would just do stuff like that. And so, uh, hey, 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 can you, can you put up the cage please? Like before the show starts, uh, Donk and Jimmy are going to run through some stuff. Like, what the fuck? We have to put the cage up and take it down twice in one night. Right, like, right. Fuck. Yo, like, and, uh, 
so he gets there and I was like what the fuck dude I, I thought we were gonna go over this he goes yeah it's probably better we just do it and I was like okay you know and uh, you know the cool thing about that match is like we try to bring back all the aspects of, of the feud you know what I mean like uh, like I pulled out the shoelace again uh, that's how I beat him you know the first the first uh, the first match like I was using the shoelace to try Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, team, you know, we, uh, you know, we involved Jay Chung, Prince Nana. You know what I mean? We tried to, like, bring back all the different aspects of it so like one of the things that also was happening at the time is i'm still feeding with punk right or uh, aj and uh when i would hit the clash that was the finish you know what i'm saying like nobody kicked out of me hitting the clash right uh the only time uh i didn't win with it is when i hit it off of, off the top on punk in the cage you know but we use it as like a a, a a spot where we can both be down you know but uh one thing that was really frustrating about doing that was aj would be on the show and have guys kicking out of the clash you know what i mean and i'm like yo dude what is going on like, like you know what i mean like he didn't f- that's one thing that like bothered me about it like i felt like he didn't value what we were doing you know what i mean Mm -hmm. uh and so you know here i am trying to protect this thing and then like he just goes and hoards it out you know what i mean yeah and uh like that just always bothered me now here's something i always wonder for everybody oh yeah let me finish so as I'm getting pulled out of the cage, right, I hear a familiar voice in the front row going, you did it, boy. You fucking did it. Jamie ran out from the back to the front row and just congratulating me. Like, as I'm being pulled out of the cage, I was like, what are you doing here, dude? Like, he's just like, he would get so excited about stuff. It was awesome. Yeah. So one thing I always like to ask, you know, I don't think people ever really delve into too much is what they get out of uh, an extended program like this. Like you and Punk went for f- five months, mm-hmm. four, four or five months. Right. So, like, what do you get? You know, what did what did that teach you? What did you learn? Like, what are the sort of things that you were able to pull from working with somebody um, for that long? Like, you know, you know, it's you learn different things, whether they're yeah. good or bad, from everybody you work with. But when you're in a program like that, and especially you guys did the whole gamut from straight up matches through every kind of you know gimmick mm-hmm. you could really do. Like, what did you learn from working with Punk for that long? So, uh, I mean, like he he and I were really close. I mean, like we we talked every day you know what i'm saying so uh so one of the things that 
was helpful for me and what I learned from that thing was um, just how to be patient with uh, doing something like that, like an angle like that, right? You know, like oftentimes what you see, especially on television now, is like angles are month to month. You know what I mean? And I, I'm a fan of that um, extended you know, program, I think you get more heat out of it, right? So, like, when I was writing television in Georgia, I actually did a program with uh, one of the guys that I was helping out named Kyle Matthews, and we did it for two years, you know what I mean? And I really felt like we could do that, you know? And so, um, I mean, we weren't wrestling each other the whole time. Like, there was a lot of layers to it. But, like, that's what I learned from doing all these things with Gabe, too, was just how to layer you know what I mean like an angle right like you uh, you put different things into it and then um, and then you can wrap it up with a big bow at the end you know what I mean which is fun to do and you know like again it was uh, you know an opportunity for me to main event in a big market like Chicago and try to prove my worth and like um, you know later we'll probably talk about like some contract things and like this was uh, for me uh, a s- it, it really helped me at the time Loki was still around right and so like he was trying to talk to me about how to value yourself as as a pro wrestler right like how to um, you know know your worth right because at the time like I was still making what I made when I first came in right and so like at the time like I'm now moving up the card and he was like yo you're you know like you have a different value now does that make sense yeah I mean you went from working a a impact TV taping uh, against AJ to main eventing against you know the one of the like essentially at that point you know it was Punk and Joe Right, right, right. Punk and Punk and Joe were, you know, were the top guys. Brian wasn't really around all the time at that point. You know, he was in there with the feud with D. But yeah, man, you're working a program with a top guy and still making opening match money. (laughs) That sucks. And you know, and luckily, like um, I, I talked to Punk about it, and then like you know, a few weeks later, like my paycheck changed. You know what I'm saying? So. Well, you talk to you talk to the right guy, <laughs> right, right, right? At that point, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, dude, that's an awkward conversation, man. To be like to go up dude. to your boss and ask for more money, no matter what line of work you're in, it's an awkward conversation. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and it and it and it was. I mean, like, and I had to have it a few times. You know what I mean? Hey, you want to be Jimmy Rave approved? Follow the Crown Jewel Jimmy Rave on Twitter and Instagram at the Jimmy Rave for the latest on Jimmy Rave's appearances. Friend him on Facebook by searching Jimmy Rave. Jimmy Rave's experience will be showcased in Ridgeview, New Jersey, September 30th for Wrestlers Lab. But most importantly, visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Jimmy Rave for your Jimmy Rave t-shirts of the highest quality. And you too can be Jimmy Rave approved. So like, I, like I'll just get to it right now. Like when, when we started talking about money, like um, because of my, f- like my friends and I often would know what we got paid, right? You know what I mean? Like, not the best practice to do, you know what I'm saying? Like, but we're, you know, 
the thing about like what we're doing is like we're growing up together you know what i'm saying and so like we're not making the best decisions right but like so we knew each other was getting paid and uh you know like somebody that started way later than myself you know what i mean was getting paid way more than i was you know what i mean and i could not fathom why that was happening and uh you know i was told that he was a dvd seller and i wasn't you know and so uh that is hurtful to hear you know what i'm saying like when uh you know he was having excellent matches but i'm carrying the store you know what i'm saying and i yep. feel like i feel like that um there's value in both you know what i'm saying because when he's not main eventing and having great matches i'm still carrying the main event with a story that we just told you know what i mean like i don't know if that makes sense or not no, but like no, that's total sense it take it, it takes two you know and that yeah. regards like it's it's not yeah I always looked at it as, you know, as being one of the guys who helped always put, like, the comp DVDs and stuff together. It's like there's certain people who the match, like, you know, you put slap their name on a DVD and people buy it because of the name being on the DVD, but they're not having matches with themselves. Yep, yep, You know, you need somebody to hold the shit together, especially if you're working somebody who just uh, uh, moves with a Z guy, you know? You need... I like, need somebody know, I, to give the to give them meat, you know, to the and that's that was uh, a lot of times I always felt like that was um, the position you were in in a lot of matches, you know, was you yeah yeah, yeah. As, I, the, the, as that sort you were that kind of heel, right right right, and like I liked being that guy. I like you know like I liked you know being able to have a story to base my matches around. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like that was helpful for me because I liked the progression of things. You know. Um, like when we get into like the Davy Richards, I'll talk more about like how the progression of things uh, is helpful. But um, but yeah, like so like yeah, like I was really coming into my own like creatively too at this time. You know what I mean? Like by then, this is two thousand what five. So like by then, like I'm starting to like uh, be way more seasoned. You know what I mean? Like I'm you know six or seven years in, and so like now I'm having like more. Uh, creativity about like what I'm doing, so and you're, sure. you're gaining confidence in yourself, right? Right. right. So I was just gonna say, you just worked a program with the the, the top guy in the company that's got to uh, <laughs> instill some confidence in you and and Gabe in you, right? Right. 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 Right, right. But uh, yo, you you know, like we talk, you know, you say that, but then I would go on the message boards and just completely lose all my confidence. You know what I mean? <laughs> Seriously, dude, like it was bad. Legit, I, I've had I had that conversation with Eric Stevens in the last like few months about how the fucking Ring of Honor message board was just a bastion of negativity about everything. Uh, yeah, like they, I'm gonna raise my hand here and say that I was the most positive person and I was the most happy person on that message board. I mean, I, I, you're I actually positive in real life. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't you know how know how that works, but. You know, it, it was like you'd see guys that that wanted everything to be like the six star classic, you know, perfect match, but they wouldn't understand. They had no fans had no patience. Right. right. And I mean, I, I kind of was fortunate that, you know, I got to know some of you guys, not so much you, Jimmy, but a lot of the other guys on a personal level. Right. So I understood how hard everybody was working and. 
it, it let me kind of understand that you guys are just people doing this job. Mm-hmm. And other fans were just like, I want the best match, and if I don't get it, then I'm going to complain and cry, and here's my forum to do so. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's why Gabe would go in there and zap, I don't know, 65% of the stuff that would get posted. <laughs> right. And then send nasty emails. Like, I, I wrote a positive review about something, and then he sent me a nasty email and was, like, yelling and screaming at me. And I said, Gabe, which, which, what are you mad at? And and he goes, well, you wrote this, this, and this. And I go, no, go back and look. That was not me. And, right. <laughs> and it wasn't. And he was like, I'm so sorry. That's awesome. So I, I, I mean, it's just not a the fan, fans and wrestlers are, are completely polar opposite perspectives right absolutely absolutely I mean, and now you, you mention it now so might as well I think did you find that a constant thing I mean with the 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 as opposed to when you first started, you know, fast forward six, seven, eight years, and the the internet is a much bigger piece of the puzzle now um did you did you find that affecting your how you felt about yourself? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, like it. You know, like my biggest fear was like Gabe uh, was. You know, like this was such an internet company. You know what I mean? Like it was a lot of it was based off of how you know we dealt with the internet, right? And so, like, I always feared that like Gabe is gonna like read all these things about people just saying like that I'm a shit wrestler and like that I shouldn't be there you know what I mean and like uh and then just like fire me one day you know what I'm saying like it it would like really fuck with me and so like uh uh, you know like you know like my friends would just be like yo dude you have to stop reading that shit right and like you have to yeah and that was uh, I think that was a it took a it's hard not to because you are looking for some, you know, some feedback of like, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> almost like an actor reading a movie review, you know. Right, right, right. Like you're looking for some sort of feedback of, you know, am I am I hitting my goal? Am I am accomplishing the story I'm trying to tell here? And when all you're seeing is everybody just shitting all over everything you do. Yeah. It's brutal, man. Mm-hmm. But there, there was a lot of people that were really behind the Jimmy Rave Prince Nana Embassy. I mean, there was right. a, that the toilet paper thing. I think was a, not necessarily a a way to shit on the character. It was a, a more of a respect thing. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. I, I think myself. Um, and a couple of the other Jersey-based fans that I was friends with, uh, Chai's, uh, Spanky Dave, a couple of those guys, like, we started the toilet paper thing, mm-hmm. and it was it was completely done because all the baby faces were getting these streamers. Right, right. So we're right. like, what could we do that's the total opposite? And we, I don't even remember the, the complete genesis of it, but we're at, like, a drugstore, and we just bought a bunch of toilet paper. Right. And started and doing it. And then we turned it into a t-shirt. And (laughs) it sold great. Did it really? It sold pretty decent, yeah. I didn't get one cent off of that. That's weird. 
Dude, I I did know. the royalty. I did the royalty numbers. I didn't do the cut the checks, but I'm the one who de- yeah. dealt with like counting how much of everything I, sold. I never received a single penny of royalties from Ring of Honor. Ever. Wow. Wow. So I'm trying um, to think. Well, we had. I'm trying to think. We had the one embassy shirt with the toilet paper the, on it. Yeah, the embassy shirt with the crown. Like it was supposed yeah. to be like, yeah. a crown royal thing. Yeah. Uh, I, so when Sugarfoot, Alex Sugarfoot, he made he we had a, I don't think we ever got it never got made, but we had a, I, I think I might have in my email still a mock up of a shirt that was just like a Jimmy Rave specific shirt, not an embassy shirt. Right. I don't think that ever that never. There's so many shirts that never saw the light of day that I have like images for. Um, wow, yeah. I'm just because I, I remember doing numbers for everything and when damn. when. When Sid offered me my contract, he's like, oh, we'll give you 20% of your merch. And I said, well, 20% of zero, bro, is still zero. <laughs> I've never seen anything. Wow. Damn. And so, uh, yeah, so, you know, like, w- w- one thing, you know, uh, about the message boards and, like, the toilet paper thing, like, you know, I still get people today that will, like, message me and be like, yo, how, like, upset do you get about the toilet paper thing? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I was reacting because it made for great, you know what I'm saying? Like, because of my reaction, I think, like, people were enticed to do it more, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, like, it never made me mad. It was, like, such a cool thing. And then, like, when I went to Japan, they did it there. Like, they planted... Uh, toilet paper you know like my first tour of Japan like on like the first couple rows and by the time like I did the first loop it was just insane there too was that Dragon Gate? yeah that's awesome that's and I think you know one of the things that we talked about in the Gabe's Book of ROH Secrets episode was he loved that moment when you would get in the ring and he and people would throw the toilet paper, he wanted to re, to recreate that because he thought that without you being in Ring of Honor, without the toilet paper concept con- continuing, he wanted to find some other way that the fans could interact with a wrestler in that mm-hmm. manner. Right. And I think that's the ultimate compliment that he wanted to completely just steal that concept and, and reboot it. We tried to do it in TNA also when I went there. Like, we actually had plants, uh, female plants in the front row for when we were doing the Rock and Rave thing. Mm. And we, they were going to throw, they threw room keys and underwear in the ring at us. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then, like, it, eventually we had two of them, like, jump the guardrail and, like, tackle me and Lance and Christie's trying to pull them off of us and stuff like that. But, like, D'Lo Brown was such a fan of the toilet paper thing, he always wanted to recreate that, too. Like, nice. and he just thought that that might be a fun way to do it. Well, it, uh, I guess we got to kind of get back to the the Ring of Honor timeline a little bit. <laughs> uh, since we've we've shit on the fans, they hopefully they haven't turned this off by now. Um, but so so some Fast Eddie stories. We mentioned him earlier. Talk a little bit about Fast Eddie. What he's up to now, and and right. that story you told us the other day because I thought that was the funniest thing I've heard in a long time. <laughs> uh, so like Fast Eddie was somebody that like um, you know like he would ju- just do stuff that really just made me um, upset. Right, like one time 
we were getting in the ring and I and like when I would step on the girl's back, I would put my foot on there, but I would grab the rope so I would pull myself up and not put a whole bunch of pressure on her. And I remember he would just like take both of his feet, stand on her back and like not even touch the rope, you know, just being a dick. You know what I mean? I was like, dude, what is your deal? But uh yeah, so like, you know, uh I just was in Texas to do some um seminars and and shows there and like um i ran across chris marvel i went to his school and he was telling me that like fast eddie after he left ring of honor and fip he became a, a male exotic dancer and like his <laughs> not just like, a male exotic dancer a blind male exotic dancer but not only that he his gimmick was a boy scout too so like I could just you he know Jake Manning some money yeah absolutely <laughs> or it might be the other way around he might have done it before uh, but uh but then now let's talk about Medi-Cal you have a choice and Molina makes it easy so let's talk about making your life easier about extra help to manage your health nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina visit meetmolinaca.com let's talk today Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He is practice, like trying to pass the bar to become an attorney. And, like, I just thought, like, it's just funny because, like, you know, justice is blind. And so, like, <laughs> so is Fast Daddy. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that. Oh my God. What, what an unbelievable turn of events. Yeah, he's a special dude. <laughs> but you mentioned the footstool concept. And uh-huh. Jade Chung, we talked about earlier. Um, that concept would no way work in 2018 at all no no absolutely not like i you know like i try to recreate it in in tna also and spike tv at the time like slipped out like uh yeah it just uh it just doesn't translate well now um yeah i just i I, you know um, one of the things about like wrestling today though right is because fans are so accessible like especially on social media and those things you know what i mean they're uh i feel like they're afraid to get heat you know what i'm saying like um that you know because you like you don't want the wrong kind of heat you know what i mean like the you know you're doing something bad heat you know but uh like and i think because of that they like for example like uh, for a long time, I would forego selling merch at shows, you know what I mean? Because I feel like if I'm a heel, why do I need to be out mingling with fans, you know? Uh, you know, and just the other day, like I was at a show and they're like, hey, do you want a merch table? And I was like, no, I'm running in tonight to make my debut I, and I'm going to be a heel. Like, I, I'm not going to, you know, why would I do that, you know? So, uh, 
you know, so like, you know, I, uh, so like my, my friend Kyle Matthews, he tells a great story. Um, I, I didn't know this, but like, uh, he tells a great story about the first time he saw me wrestle it was in Dayton actually. Uh, and he's a Georgia guy, like, but he wanted to watch Ring of Honor, drove up to Dayton with him and his friends. And, you know, like there's a line of people outside that front door at the Dayton venue. And he said that like, and I don't remember this at all, but like apparently the van that all the boys were in dropped me off. Like I asked them to drop me off in front of that, in the, the line of people. And I walked into the front door and somebody tried to come in behind me and I just slammed the door in their face and I would just do stuff like that just to be a dick like when I got to shows you know what I mean because uh, uh, like I just wanted to be a heel like when I got into the town you know what I'm saying like uh, because it was you know Ring of Honor was such a smart crowd like I wanted to be able to uh, get that kind of reaction genuinely from you know the fans that were there so like I, I think that you know talking about the fans shitting in, on you the messenger, but I think like that the punk feud and the Gen X stuff that we'll get into and kind of the AJ stuff too. I think that's what kind of earned you the the, the cachet with the fans of respect, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. where they they began to appreciate um, appreciate you and what you brought to the table. Um, but before I know, I was before we went to the Gen Next thing. One thing I wanted to I wanted to ask you about because it surprised me when you mentioned it. We were prepping the other day was um, so you blew off all the stuff with AJ in September, but you said you didn't really care for any of that stuff. I was kind of shocked. Yeah, I mean, it was it's just so difficult, man. Like um, I like I felt like there was something missing with our stuff right like we had the thing in long island we had the match in long island not the blow off but the one before that where i uh uh i suffocated him with the bag you know like yeah um and like i just never felt like our stuff translated really well it was like i felt like i was wrestling an uphill battle i also didn't really feel like um I, I don't feel like the fans felt like I was on AJ's level, right? So, um, and, like, when we would work, like, I, I just never felt like we got the reactions that I, like, that Punk and I were getting, you know what I'm saying? Or mm-hmm. that we would get, I would eventually get with Generation X. Um, well, I, I can tell you different. from the other side of things that we had a feeling, you know, in the, in the office that AJ was not working as hard as yeah. he did before TNA. Right, and that's what I felt too. Just so you know, so we're clear. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like like we would be booked on the same flight. He would take a later flight, and then a later flight, and then a later flight. There's one match where uh, somebody just sent me a a a gif of it, where um, we do uh, me and Abyss versus AJ and Matt Seidel. Yeah, and uh, AJ hits the spiral tap on Abyss, and I blast him with a knee, and I blacked his eye like. Geez. I remember that, and like I like I was legit. It, it was that was an accident. I did not mean to blast him like that, but I was also really mad at him that night too. So it was just a bad circumstance. That, that, that like, little... like he, he he legit didn't get there until like intermission, right? 
And so, like, he, he got mad at me because, like, I just started calling his stuff for him. You know what I mean? I was like, yo, you're doing this and this. And he goes, well, Jimmy, I don't know. And I was like, yo, dude, you weren't here when we started talking about this. This is what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had just gotten to that point of frustration with him. You know what I mean? Because, like, not, like, you got to remember, like, I wasn't just doing this angle with him at Ring of Honor. Like, I was working him everywhere. Like, I was working him at Wildside. I worked him for Ian. I worked him for uh, Andy's all through Jersey. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm working him everywhere. And I'm, I'm like, yo, dude, like, you have, like, you know, you have have to work with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. You know what I mean? Like, I, like just because this isn't, like, t- you know, TV for TNA or pay-per-view, like, I, like I, I still need this to work. You know what I mean? Like, um... You know, and, like, that's, you know, like, I, one thing that taught me was, like, I never wanted to do that with guys that I work. You know what I'm saying? Like, when there's younger guys that I'm working, like, I want to give them the best because they that's what they deserve. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they're going to get anything out of working me, you know what I mean? Like, if they're going to get any other star power out of it, then the least I can do is, like, come at my best. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and just it's from kind of, a it's, just from a fan's perspective, I mean the the TNA stink that a lot of the ROH fan base had the disdain for TNA. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that also kind of reflected back on AJ. Mm. Um, it's amazing how when he came back after he had left TNA the final time, just how different the matches were. Uh, how different and louder his reactions were. Yeah, right, right. It was just, that was always an interesting thing because that that stank only stuck on AJ. Um, right, right, right. Now it didn't stick on Joe and it didn't stick on Chris. And those right, are the right, three, right. the main three guys um, that were. Yeah, but that, the, that, but like were, those guys didn't phone it in either. Now, you know yep. Yep. And like I and like I felt like he would. Like I, I mean, just to be honest, like yeah, I, no, I, I didn't. I didn't like the blow off. I didn't like the you know the um, the finisher match that we did. Yeah. Um, I didn't like the blow off of that. Like you know like you know we had um, you know Mick Foley and Nana there. Like I don't feel like we used them in the right ways. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just and like you know one of the difficult things about you know, doing a match like that is like you're both involved, you know what I mean? And like I can only make him do so much, you know what I'm saying? And then um yeah, and so it you know, it just it was a it was an uphill battle for me really. Well you would uh eventually go from AJ uh and that whole situation to working against a babyface version of Generation Next with the embassy in tow. Um any any difference working them as baby faces? Did you prefer working against them as heels? Um, no, I preferred working against them as baby faces. So like at like th- now this is the time where like uh, th- I I just saw Abyss the other day, and like this is the time where like probably the most fun I've ever had in wrestling when it was myself Abyss and Alex Shelley like. I felt like we had something special there. Like, Abyss, like, had a really short run, but it was, like, really impactful, I thought. You know what I mean? Like, and I felt like he did a really good job in that. You know what I mean? Like, 
he didn't phone it. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't phoning it in. Like, and he worked so well with all the Generation X guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, Gabe's, yeah, like Gabe's one co- Gabe's one complaint that he specifically talks about in his um his Book of Secrets uh, DVD that we did is um that he sold too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yo, uh, you know, like you might remember this, Jeff. But like, remember when he was Prince Justice in Wildside? Yeah. Yeah, you know, that that was the same uh, problem with him there too. Like he was such a big guy, you know, and he was working AJ then, you know, and he's taking her and Rana's left, you know what I'm saying? Like he's just a big, but he's su- the sweetest guy <laughs> in the world, and he just wants to have good matches, you know what I'm saying? Uh, he's a selfless worker. Yeah, absolutely. Almost, and almost like, to a fault. Yeah, absolutely. He doesn't protect himself enough, right? And like. Um, so he uh yeah like but like we we had like um he like when i when i saw i saw him at a convention the other day he like left his table ran up to me gave me a big hug you know told me he loved me and all this stuff and like just literally talked about this feud for like 15 minutes it was just you know and how much fun he had you know he was like yo man that was some of the funnest time i've ever had in wrestling you know and here he is like you know he he is the guy at TNA. You know what I'm saying? Like he's he's got to do everything. When, when was the last loved. time you'd seen him before that? Uh, shoot, probably 2013. So now, oh. I, I asked that because um, isn't that one of those magical things about about this place about wrestling? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like you haven't seen him in five years, and it's like you never. It's like you're right, still right. sharing the same locker room. Yep, yep. I I get that. All the time, like so many dudes like that. Dude, like I um, haven't had, a, I haven't seen you in five, five, six years, and you know, it's just like, hey, what's up, dude? How you doing? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, like I, I hadn't seen, like uh, I just, uh, I've been helping out at some of the schools here in Philly. Like I, I just helped out at the compound the other day with homicide, uh, uh, and I, um, like I'm, I was leaving, and Nick Gage you know, came in and I hadn't seen him, you know, for like probably 13 years, you know what I'm saying? And like, it's the same kind of thing. Do you have but, a D, do you have a D impersonation? A D? No, I don't. Yo! Yo! What the fuck, yo? I ain't see you in a minute, son. <laughs> How you doing, Jimmy Brave? Do you guys know cagematch.net, the website? Yeah, yeah we, we use that as one of our sources constantly. Right? So if you, you know, do the match statistics thing, it says that I've wrestled D more than anybody else in my career, which <laughs> I I never thought about it like that. But, like, we literally worked each other, like, every night for a year at TNA, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. when we were, you know, when we were running, like, 10 house shows a month, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, but yeah, like, um, yeah, and, like, one of my favorite matches are, like one of my favorite moments is my match with D at a uh, at the Hammerstein for the title. Like, yeah. And then like uh, you know like my big um, my big moment in that match that I had thought about was after I had lost the ability to use the Styles Clash, I hit him with it off the top, and I had never done that before. And then he kicked out. I thought that was a you know a fun spot. Like 
And it got a great reaction, too. So. Oh, yeah. It, it, and I can tell you firsthand, that was as loud as that night got until Joe and Morishima um, right. got in the ring. That It was just a huge pop because it was like, oh, my God, he's what is he going to do? And then you did it, and fans were like, oh, well, that's bullshit. Right. But it was a good, like, oh, that's bullshit. That was, <laughs> that was fucking awesome. Um, so, so, like, uh, you know, like, when you work with certain guys, like, especially uh, the two guys that I think I've learned the most about how to, how to um, you know, bring stuff back like that with is Punk and Brian Danielson. Like, Brian, like, was somebody that really thought about, you know, like, how to, you know, bring something like that back. He he is the American savant, as we called him when we we did a, a recap episode on him. He he just his memory is incredible for finishes yeah, and 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 just translating stuff from match to match, even if it's you know three four months down the line. Absolutely. Um, the the match that we had at the fourth year anniversary is like I often say it's the best singles wrestling match I've ever had. Absolutely. Wow! Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a that was a hell of a match. Um, and what we I was thinking, we only talked about two things in that match. We were sitting that like Brian is the guy that taught me to like sit and watch the whole show. He was the one that really taught me like, yo, like we're you know this is, these are all Ring of Honor crowds, but we're in different markets. You know what I mean? So they do like they react to different things, right? Like. Uh, like you couldn't get away with the same thing in Dayton and New York City, right? Yep. So, uh, but a lot of guys didn't think about that stuff, and like he really taught. You know, we would sit behind the entrance, you know what I mean, and peek through the curtain and watch the first few matches. So we're sitting there doing that that night, and then Gabe runs up. It's like, yo, Jack's flight is late. You know what I mean? You guys have to go, you know, way earlier. And we were like, oh shit, we didn't even put this together yet. You know what I mean? So, but that was a, uh, yeah, that was yeah. We'll cover Brian a little bit more. We, but yeah, those were hella hella matches with the between the two of you. Um, but the uh, the one thing I wanted to ask about was in all the Gen Next stuff. Do you remember Buffalo and the yeah. fight with the fan? The fight with the fan. Yeah, when he like. Randomly chopped somebody like I think he hit Roddy. Yeah, he hit Roddy, and like there was just like a whole uh, like herd of wrestlers like running after this dude, like led by Joe. And didn't like Joe grab his phone and like smash it or something? Uh, no, he grabbed his phone. At which point, then me and Jack proceeded to play catch with it, and oh. uh, it, it inside the building we were throwing it like a football. <laughs> Before before we then uh, yeah trashed the phone. <laughs> yeah, it, that was so crazy. Like, and I would like like Roddy like was working me over, and then like I like randomly like turn around. I laughed about it. I thought it was hilarious. Like, because like it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, bro? <laughs> Fucking fan just hit me. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, 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 so that whole Gen Next stuff, like, I don't know, what was it like working with all of them? Because you never really, Roddy's pretty much the only one that you really had a, 
we had a singles match with Aries, Roddy. Yeah. Um, like, what would the, what was it like different? Like the differences between working with each of them individually. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So, did you get along with all of them? I mean, we all know how much Jeff loves Aries. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I I did get along with all of them. Uh, not, but like not everybody got along with them, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, um, so Aries like can be very difficult and hard headed uh, to deal with, right? So. Um, we, you know the the one that's like especially that Buffalo match was really difficult like uh, to put together um, you know and like you really have to just know when what when to beg off you know what I mean and be like okay like it, it's just gonna be better if I you know kind of go with what he wants to do today you know what I'm saying like then then argue with it you know what I'm saying and like uh and you know like when to stick to your guns and when to not you know what i mean like and so uh one thing that often would happen though right is they would call the match and leave jack out of it yeah right and like like i think it was like hurting jack's feelings you know what i'm saying like and so i would be like yo man like uh, like Jack didn't you know get to do anything yet you know what I'm saying like can we like throw something in and like cause Jack's a nice dude he wouldn't say anything you know yeah, what I'm he, saying like he, he was not and, the assertive one to just yeah yeah squeeze his shit in and so uh so that like that was a weird uh dynamic and then the other thing about it that um happened when we did the eight man in Chicago where Roddy was out of the match but AJ took his place right yeah so it was me uh, Shelly Abyss and Nana versus AJ uh, Matt Jack and, and Aries okay uh, like Nana let's talk about Medi-Cal you have a choice and Molina makes it easy so let's talk about making your life easier about extra help to manage your health nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina visit meetmolinaca.com let's talk today with the Lucky Land Slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so I suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, like, what, uh, he kept coming in during the heat, you know what I mean? And trying to do stuff. And, like, Aries, like, just screaming at him, like, throughout the match. And then, like, like cussing him out in the back, you know what I mean? It, like, it got really heated for a while just because he felt like, uh, you know, like, we should have waited to bring Nana in and like it should have been built better you know what I mean mm-hmm. and like you know he was right like but the way that he went about it was just really disrespectful you know what I'm saying yeah and then um, yeah, you know and then and then that in that match too like they were again calling it without Jack involved and like so I just started being like yo the, you know Jack you and I will do this you know what I'm saying like it just like it just got messy. It was a good match, you know what I'm saying? Like we had good matches, but like the getting there was so difficult sometimes. Now, because you, like oftentimes what happens like in a tag match or a multi-man match, like one person from each team 
is usually the leader like that that'll like sit down and like lay it out right so like for a long time like alex shelley like when alex and i would tag he would just go off and do whatever he'd want and be and be like yo man just tell me what i'm doing when, when i come back right and i would just sit there we'd go over and i'm like yo you know you, i need you to do this this isn't here you know what i'm saying and then uh that's just how we work together right but like um you know like not everybody's like that and so like when you get too many people that want to be the leader it just makes it so much more difficult so what do you do when you get into a uh a clusterfuck of a match like uh steel cage warfare oh man like shit like me like i just bump for 45 minutes you know and like bleed as much as i can uh but like that will you know like you know abyss loves that match you know and, he, and like you know he 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 brought up a good point he goes like just think about how much star power was in that match like because everybody kind of went off and did something after that you know what mm-hmm. i mean like we all had like decent careers after that match um but like I, do you remember jack like just eating it on the floor like he does he went and did like the 630 off the cage and just yep he was trying to do it to nana and i was like why if, of all of the guys out here to catch you like why would you pick the manager you know what i'm saying like he's gonna drop you so um yeah like that was just you know a real scariest thing but it was just you know it was a fun match you know what i mean like it was the first time we had done that in ring of honor you know what i mean like that war games mentality and like i just felt like it was a cool cool uh concept to do would you have liked to see in the second ring uh as a, as opposed to just the one ring oh, I, know, I, know, I know shane wouldn't fuck you <laughs> You didn't uh, have to load into Basketball City. Yeah, oh, yeah, that, that was a weird venue, too. That was the one where you had to take everything up the fucking fire escape. Right, right. Yeah, dude, like, I I, I kind of did, like, I was digging, like, just having the one ring, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, but we tried to be really creative out of it. Like, I tried, I, like, I went out the door and did some stuff on the floor, you know what I mean? Like, I just, you know, um... You know, in that situation, uh, you know, uh, and like the the best part about it, like my favorite thing about tagging with Alex Shelley was some of the comments he had made. Right? <laughs> if, if you listen to him, uh, like he uh, he does the skull fucking on the chair to Aries, right? And so Aries has got all this blood and everything, and a abyss is this big monster and he goes look abyss look 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 and then abyss like wipes it with his finger and goes to eat it he goes don't 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 fucking do that you know like just like funny thing like like first he's like goading him to do it and then he's just like no don't do that like he just did funny shit and like uh he would always make me laugh like i remember one time i went i went back to tna to do a spot in 2011 and kurt angle and jeff jarrett are having like this real serious fight uh like in the parking lot they took a whole bunch of cars and made them in a circle and they fought in this parking lot and like we're all supposed to be there and it's like me okada uh saban and shelly standing next to each other and like alex shelly you know we're all supposed to be cheering for one you know either kurt or jeff right and like uh you know the whole time they're fighting alex shelly's like yelling out like kissing <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and like, I'm just, 
afraid that like the camera is going to pan over and see me laughing. You know what I mean? So I ended up having to move from him. <laughs> That's that. But me and Jeff always say like that. The, the, the combination of you two was our was our personal favorites of the 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 embassy. Every iteration of the embassy yeah. through the that was our our favorite. Oh yeah, me too. Like I I love man. Like he you know he's still one of my favorite people. I just talked to him the other day. Like he uh. You know, like, you know, we, and we try to do just like, we had a really great match with, uh, uh, Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal, right? Yeah. And like, I remember like the opening thing was like us trying to chop, you know, Joe and like, we just did, did this deadpan thing, you know what I mean? And like, we just had a lot of fun, man. Like, and, uh, we just weren't afraid to make asses of ourselves, you know what I mean? And so... Uh, and then, like, the fight, like, we used to, uh, like, we would do this spot, and we called it, like, the macho spear. Like, I would hit a spear, and he would hit, a, like, a macho man clothesline at the same time. And we would try to do, like, a war cry when we would do it. We'd go, ay, 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 when we would <laughs> go to hit it. Just, uh, just to be silly, you know what I mean? Like, if I'm from Ghana, like, why wouldn't I do a spear? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. You, you just said something that you know for me brings that as, as someone who you know I pretty much just worked nothing but a heel uh, myself too and um, you said you had no pro- you were making asses of yourself yep um, yeah. how important is that it's being willing being willing to do that and not being so protective of yourself right right so I um, I'll tell you how I learned how to do that right so I wrestled cabana at um do you guys remember like when we ran the same night as one night only yeah we ran like that crazy uh the blue the blue buildings yeah 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 yeah. so like i used to wear like the baggy pleather pants right and cabana always just wanted to like pull them down right like do do a spot and i I was so self-conscious about doing that and like that night was the first time i was like all right like we'll just do that you know and it really like was like all right dude like i like i can do this and be good with it you know what i'm saying and like uh and i realized how important it was at that time you know what i mean but like once you can kind of uh let go of that you know what i mean like that inhibition to do that like then like it just opens up a world of possibilities you know what i mean so and and it's like uh it's the perfect thing for a heel to do just to, you know fall on their face and make an ass of themselves if you live in eastern pennsylvania new jersey delaware or maryland listen up five-star home foods is revolutionizing the way families are getting their groceries by cutting out the middleman and delivering all natural foods directly to your home Five Star helps you save time and eat cleaner every day. For a limited time, the Creative Control Network and an honorable mention are hooking you up with $100 off of your first order. Just head to 5starhomefoods.com slash ccnetwork. That's 5starhomefoods.com slash ccnetwork to redeem this exclusive offer and see why hundreds of families have kissed the grocery store goodbye and good night by getting higher quality food delivered directly to their homes from Five Star. Five Star Home Foods. Everyone should eat this good. Well, that wraps us up for Jimmy Rave and part one of Jimmy Rave. There's way more to come, and that'll come to you this Saturday, September 22nd. Um, What did you think, partner? I just 
pleasantly uh, pleasantly surprised uh, to to hear Jimmy be so open and honest about um about his experiences in Ring of Honor. Uh, the ups, the downs, the goods, the bads, people he enjoyed working with, things he didn't enjoy. Um, it was a very refreshing conversation uh, so far, and uh, I think all the fans will appreciate um, the, the second part just as much. Yeah, I'm really happy that he was so open and honest with us. Uh, just like I told you before, you know, I, Jimmy's kind of a quiet guy. We saw the the heel persona for so long i don't think anybody realized just how open and how how genuine he is um and that was kind of a a revelation for me um because i didn't really know jimmy that well during the the long time that he was in roh um i had had maybe one or two conversations with him and they were very short quick to the point he stuck to his character and here he's kind of out on his own and just being himself and i i really appreciated his candor yeah and i i think that's something that um didn't have to dig either i guess that was the part that i really appreciated is he didn't have to dig to get uh you know to push to push he's just will, willingly um an, an open book and he said that to us before you know when we first broached uh doing this and um he, he proved true to his word when he said i'm an open book 100 percent and uh we can only hope that an honorable mention is jimmy rave approved uh we look forward to releasing part two on saturday you guys will really enjoy that uh some really compelling stuff uh where you'll hear about the end of his days with the embassy and uh moving away from prince nana and the house of the rising sun era jimmy rave uh, along with many returns and exits from roh multiple times over i made the joke to him the other day that uh could we argue that he's the marty Janetti of ring of honor <laughs> and he fired back well maybe him and loki yeah well hey and that just shows jimmy's willing to take a joke so we appreciate that and uh we do want to uh plug a couple of social media aspects for jimmy rave and then our stuff as well uh, be sure to follow Jimmy Rave on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, he is at the Jimmy Rave. That's at the Jimmy Rave. Uh, of course, you can become Jimmy Rave approved as well if you go over to prowrestlingtees.com backslash Jimmy Rave and purchase yourself a Jimmy Rave t-shirt. Uh, there's Jimmy Rave wristbands, all sorts of Jimmy Rave merchandise over there at prowrestlingtees.com backslash Jimmy Rave. Uh, Facebook, search Jimmy Rave, become his friend, learn why he was a man that didn't come to after parties and was very quiet with fans, didn't do a lot of social interacting back in the day. He stuck to his character, and that's something very, very respectable. Uh, Jimmy will be appearing in Ridgeview, New Jersey on September 30th for Wrestler's Lab, so I'm sure that's one of his many seminars he'll be teaching. Uh, so go learn from from the crown jewel, the original crown jewel, Jimmy Rave. Uh, that is September 30th in Ridgeview, New Jersey. Uh, Twitter uh, will have more information. Just uh, search Jimmy Rave and you'll be able to find out more on where he'll be appearing going forward. Social media for us. We are, of course, on Twitter at an honorable pod. 
we seem to be stuck in the 325 to 330 followers range. So let's get that going. Let's get us to 400. At an honorable pod, that's also the Instagram. My Twitter and Instagram are at the Jeff Schwartz. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Just search Jeff Schwartz. I'll be your friend. Partner, where can we find you? At Hagedorn Shane on Twitter and on Instagram. Shane Hagedorn on Facebook. Uh, Shane Hagedorn YouTube page for the occasional uh, promo videos and show hype, primarily for Pro Wrestling Explosion. Uh, we do have an event in October coming up. I believe it is October 7th. Let me check my calendar right here. To do it is Sunday, October seventh, at the Wrestle Factory, where um, my man Alex Payne will defend his PWE title against Shockwave the Robot. Uh, Space Monkey's on the show. Joe Gacy's on the show. Um, don't remember who else is on the show right off the top of my head. I think Tracy Williams is on the show. So, it should be a pretty uh, a fun fun night um, of 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 Alex retaining his his title once again. That's what he does. Yeah, if he loses to that robot, it's going to be trouble. Uh, Twitch.tv backslash an honorable pod. Facebook.com backslash an honorable pod. YouTube. Go over and search for Shane Hagedorn. He's got his own YouTube page with those promos. But you can also find our stuff on YouTube uh, by searching an honorable mention or an honorable pod. Uh, we're trying to get to that magical number, as my partner says, where we'll have uh, YouTube.com backslash an honorable pod one day. One day. Uh, we are, of course, brought to you by the Creative Control Network, so be sure to follow the head of the Creative Control Network, Mr. Joe Feeney, on Twitter at J-double-F-ha-ha-double-E-ha-ha-N-E-Y-3-R-D, and at the CC Network one. For all the latest news and notes on what's coming to the Creative Control Network, be sure to also follow our scientist of sound, the astronaut of audio, our purveyor of production, and whatever other nickname. And the Base Master General. Base Master General, Mr. Zach Johnson on Twitter, at Radio ZT. He delivers us the best intro and outro every week and makes sure we sound cooler than the other side of the pillow. He did the great intro uh, as well as the ads for this week uh, and the outro that you'll hear shortly um, with some Jimmy Rave music. Uh, So thanks, Zach, and uh, be sure to follow at Radio ZT. This episode of an honorable mention that you are listening to right now is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, the Google Music Play Store, Amazon Echo, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and HipCast. We do want to wish our honorable mayor, Sal Renaro, a belated happy birthday. So, happy birthday, Sal. You're one day older than me. And our curmudgeonly boss, uh, co-host, uh, head of analytics, uh, happy birthday to you, Shane, as well. Uh, as we are dropping this a mere five days after your last birthday. Get off 30s. my lawn. That's Get right. off my lawn. Well, there's only one thing left to do. We've wished two old dudes a happy birthday. And I guess we have to quote the mayor now. So, to quote 
the mayor of Sal Renaro. No need to trip out. It's time to dip out. Slap the porpoise. R.I.P. Mike Hogwood. This one is over. We're out. We'll see you next week. And even earlier than that, next Saturday, part two, Jimmy Rave. Tuesday, September 25th, Kevin Steen Hell Rising. Tune in. It's only on the podcasts that you subscribe to. An honorable mention is out for this week. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white. The bright blessed day, the dark sacred night. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow. So pretty in the sky Are also on the faces Of people going by I see friends shaking hands Saying how do you do They're really saying I love you I hear babies cry Much more than I never knew, and I think to myself, What a wonderful world! Yes, I think to myself, What a wonderful. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.